Welcome to episode 250 of the Saturn Studs podcast. It's 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 a we're a quarter of the way to a thousand episodes. Maybe we'll stop at a thousand episodes. <laughs> no, we'll never stop. We'll keep going until we run out of tape. Well, it took us six years, almost six years, to get to this point. So another. 18 years, I think. I think at that point we can maybe call it quits. <laughs> the Millennium Edition. No, yeah, it's uh, 250. And so 250 is a quarter of a thousand, but 250 is, is like silver times 10. But quarters aren't made out of silver, so I don't get what that is. But anyway, this is, this is the Silver Bullet Edition because I want to shoot something. <laughs> We're all drinking Coors Light. I looked up what a silver bullet cocktail is, because um, I'm glassy, I guess. And it turns Jesse? out that it's gin and then cummel liqueur. What? You pour some cummel in a glass with some gin. K-U, K-U with the umlaut, M-M-E-L. Oh, okay, all right. Cummel. All right, all right, all right. All right. Or I guess you could call it cummel. Cummel. It's got a little penguin on the front. So yeah, when you pour some gin, then you cummel in a glass, and then you you slurp it down, and that's what this show is. Yep, you come all in a glass, Peter Hoskins. Fucking twenty-one. I told you I'm a and mixologist. Of course, <laughs> and of course, these three mixologists are coming at you live from inside the writers' room at the Super Bowl, and they're discussing commercials that they're going to play during the Super Bowl. And they're all morons. Damn, was that? Why would this? Why would there be a writers' room for a Super Bowl? Don't you know? Are you implying that the NFL is scripted? Yeah. It's, well, it's improv most of the season. For, for Brady to get seven Super Bowl wins, come on. Oh, Patrick Mahomes just happened to have turf toe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All well, right. I don't know why they didn't make a bigger deal out of it. Like they didn't even mention it at all during the broadcast, but the Chiefs were playing four backup offensive linemen. That's what I heard. Wait, really? Holy shit. Yeah. So that's why, like, the Bucks pass rush is not that good. <laughs> the Chiefs' okay, offensive I was gonna line say, was just trash. Because I watched with my own, own two eyes that I was given at birth by my mother. Two weeks prior, the Chiefs, they trounced the the infamous Buffalo Bills with the legendary Joshua Allen. Does it does it make you happy to know that they blew their entire load on beating you guys before they even got to the Super Bowl? Yes, they. I'm, well, I'm kind their, of upset. Their tackle tore their tore the tore his ACL. Their their all pro left tackle tore his ACL in that game. Because you don't come to fucking Buffalo. And try to mess with these chicken wings. Did one of the fucking tight ends go see like a gypsy woman before they went to go to the show and they got a curse put on them? They got a hex on the on the Buccaneers? Yeah, I don't know what was up with Travis Kelsey dropping so many passes. He's one of the best pass catching tight ends in the game. But uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, some of your players are, are good people who I want to see succeed. Like I'm sure. uh, former Jet. <laughs> 
Steve McClendon. <laughs> I'm sure and, some of them uh, are good people. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not sending the their arrest. <laughs> no, Tom Brady is, is not, not, not the best. He's about to have more, more um, fucking rings than he's got fingers. He's getting there. He's got seven. He's that's almost well more behind. than he has fingers. I don't know. Does he have an extra finger? Is he gonna start putting them on his other He's on his other appendages? Well behind Bill Russell with his eleven championships and Yogi Berra with his ten championships for the most championshiped athlete in in the world. And I'd like to point out it's not Brady went to the Bucks and suddenly they were good. That team is loaded. Oh yeah, because I well, during the game, I saw Gronk. Uh, Gronk also came out of retirement to join. I'm just like, did they just import the fucking Patriots? They just moved the whole Patriots. Those two guys, but they have Mike Evans, who's one of the best receivers in the league. Jacksonville just cut Leonard Fournette, who's an amazing running back, <laughs> and they picked him up. They got Antonio Brown off of the fucking loony bin to come back and play for them. Oh, like, they had so much. Talent this is on like that team. this sounds like Breaking news. I hear when when Brady gets his tenth Super Bowl ring, he becomes cast as the Mandarin. I'm reading this now, live. He is going to be the Mandarin once he gets his tenth Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I mean this sounds Mandarin. like like this sounds like the backstory. Like in three years or whenever he goes, he's going to get his tenth ring. Like this this is the backstory for the inevitable the underdog rings. sports movie about like the Browns. They're like it's gonna be them versus versus the fucking the the steel buccaneer patriots they just merge all the teams like when brady starts beating the teams like he's like you're part of my team now we'll absorb you <laughs> and it cuts to the it cuts to the training facility and it looks like a scene out of fucking akira there's just machines everywhere and brady comes out of his cryogenic chamber fucking <laughs> belichick just hands him his his coat and he's like yes I will ascend I think, to Super Bowl. I don't think shift ten. I don't think Brady is going to play three years, much less win three more Super Bowls. Blumhouse, call us. Um, <laughs> Blumhouse, call sure. us. Yeah. Wait, what was it's that new? What was crossover, that? crossover sports, fucking sports uh, horror movie, Cronenberg body horror genre <laughs> flick that the world's been begging for it have been clamoring we our mailbox is stuffed with letters asking for it where's the sports cronenberg where's no it's like there's a voodoo doll but it's a football and then deflate gate happens to a person they just go <laughs> their insides just fall out <laughs> all right that i'd actually watch <laughs> but with the super bowl comes commercials yeah um there weren't a ton that were memorable or notable. I mean, Shaggy was in one, so that's that's a thing that people remember because that song is almost thirty years old. Yeah, everybody was talking about the um uh the the, the was it Norway the Norwegian um oh yeah uh, will Werfell will Werfell I need to guy <laughs> caught your mumble mouth from earlier, Peter. <laughs> Where Will Ferrell. Uh, disses an entire or challenges, I guess, an entire country uh, with electric vehicles. Oh yeah, I remember that one. And yeah, they responded. Him. Of course, <laughs> the country responded. They said, "Okay, I see, I see where you're coming from." But what about all the other things that make Norway awesome? Yeah. And it's like free healthcare, free college. I think tuition. they missed the point of the ad. 
which was that Norway was ahead of us in electric vehicles, and the challenge was for America to catch up yeah. in electric vehicles. No, instead Norway was just like, no, we have more than electric vehicles. What are you talking about? Stupid fucking Nords can't understand commercials. <laughs> Come to Norway, our summers are beautiful. Can't, can't even deal with we have one dragon. Pairing. Like, I know, right? Like the Alduin debacle. The fuck's that? Yeah. <laughs> you need a foreigner to come in. Oh, he just happens to be the dragonborn. Oh. Oh yeah, fucking. I one of them in all of Tamriel. And he just happens to fall into fucking Skyrim. How fucking convenient. <laughs> uh, I make more jokes, but I have no idea what happens in Skyrim. No one knows what happens in Skyrim because the story's fucking shit. <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense. No one even finishes the fucking... I've maybe finished the last story in Skyrim once. Oh, oh the game's boy, do 10 I have, years old. Then do I have a controversial take for you later? <gasps> Gasp. I'm not saying the game is, is terrible. Well, actually, I have said it several times in the past that the game is not great. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't think you'll get much argument that the main story is not super compelling. Everyone only talks about the Dark Brotherhood, really, as the only thing that they remember fondly. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but along uh, Skyrim is a thing that needed a trailer. Yes, there were trailers for that Skyrim. Was, the, the trailer was arguably more hype than the game. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. It's like most Bethesda games. Like everyone lost their shit over a panning cinematic and the nameplate Elder Scrolls Six. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we have no it's idea what enough. it's called or where it is or when it's, it's coming probably out. not going to come out till like twenty twenty six. Yep. I just, but it's there. Uh, and some other trailers dropped, which I guess is where we we're getting to, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a segment if you're new here, called Trey Watch. It's a trailer roundup segment where we discuss some of the trailers that have come out and give our prognostication on whether or not the movie will be any good. Uh, sometimes we're wrong. Usually we're right. And uh, we've got we've got the ultimate mom movie, Nomadland. You know what? Um, yes. Y yeah. Because I have a mom and she watches stuff like this. Yeah, I, I I was watching this trailer. I'm like, you know, my mom would probably really enjoy this movie, but it's not made for me. It's it's made for people like like moms. Moms, go watch it. Choosing moms choose Nomadland for their Sunday <laughs> entertainment. Kid tested, mother approved. It is Nomadland. As for and kick cereal. Oh, does anyone like find the phrase "kid tested" to be a little disturbing? Do they have like children clockwork orange in a lab just shoveling kicks into their mouth? You know, maybe, maybe. But is that so bad? I mean, they get some really solid evidence out of do they actually like it? It's. I mean, sure, there are some blunders. With like the cereal bowl of nails, <laughs> I I think now you that underestimate. Was kid tested. I, Mothers did not approve. 
Uh, Jake, Shards I think you're, you're mis- was also mischaracterizing. <laughs> you may be mischaracterizing the nature of these tests. Uh, the official reports from Kellogg's, or who make who makes kicks? Fuck. That's, they're General, all General Mills. Mills. So <laughs> deep under, you know, a couple miles under the General Mill, there is a mile wide loop of children. It's called the <laughs> the Large Child Collider, and they send a kicks at near the speed of light around this loop into the child's mouth, and the resulting colon explosion that occurs is analyzed and measured. <laughs> Dude, if it approached the speed of light, it would go right out the back of their head. There'd be no colon explosion. It would just be a clean through and through. Right through their brainstem. They've added a vibration. Right into the flavor zone. (laughs) And and then the spirals that come out, you know, they're the cinnamon toast crunch figures, which are analyzed by the serial physicists to figure out why the kids love that taste so much. Guy Fieri is the one who I believe coined the flavor zone. Guy Fieri is a secret General Mills executive. He's, no, he's, he's, a, he's a physicist. He's an analyst. That's what happens. He's a flavor his, uh, analyst. That's what happens actually after every episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. He it cuts to widescreen and he's there with his hands in his pocket. And he goes to the chef fry cook. He's like, "I'm here to recruit you. I'm here to talk to you about the flavor initiative." <laughs> his his um uh, frosted tips were manufactured in the General Mill from the finest toe in the world. Side note, Nick Fury definitely sounds like someone who would look like Guy Fieri. (laughs) Well, I mean, in the comics, I mean, he looked more like David Hasselhoff, but it was closer to Guy Fieri than Sam Jackson um, than Ultimate Avengers had. They literally just drew Sam Jackson. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of liking this uh, this food Avengers <laughs> food. <laughs> that's, that's that's just the, food the fight, Jake. Shitty Avengers. That's 2022. That's our our series. We'll watch we'll watch movies based on cereals or something. And then oh, food oh Kurt, please don't 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 tickle my heart like this. I can't stand it. Man, We're not going to actually commit to watching terrible food based uh you know video media. If you can find me five terrible food-based video medias, we will do the we food Avengers. We only need one because they've already made it. Food Fight. I'm not watching Food Fight, Jake. I'm not putting myself through that again. You've given me a quest, Kurt, and I will search it out. You're the only person capable of doing this, Peter. You're uniquely qualified for the task. I will. So anyway, that was Nomad Land. That was was Nomad Land. And now I'm charged with the quest to find the Holy Fresca Cup. (laughs) Would you like a Fresca? Would you like a Fresca? Um, Oh, yeah, we'll talk about, let's talk about Insight just quick, and then we can get into Super Bowl shenanigans yeah um what the fuck is this is like, the point of this movie uh, like they the see chinese market needed an action movie for the murder for the spring for the spring season and uh they they got keith david yeah yeah man keith david how fall how far has he fallen like uh he used to be in john carpenter movies and the last two movies i've seen him in on trey watch have been insight and the movie where he has a heart attack flying a plane and the, the, the young couple oh yeah <laughs> has to fly into the storm <laughs> uh, um yeah no just uh it's, it's but like two, that one i understand you get your paycheck you keep your sag card you do you shoot it for like a day 
and then you just you go back home but this uh maybe it's the same thing he did we wasn't in the trailer a whole lot (laughs) yeah two boys two boys have two boys have superpowers maybe clairvoyance and they do a minority report they said that's the only thing that they said in the movie and it was not even them saying it it was the girl who's like oh you mean like clairvoyance the trailer just to give you an idea the trailer is like 50 seconds long and it is it is a trailer it says trailer on it not teaser so yeah this this i mean kudos to them for not making a three minute mini movie that spoils everything we have questions which is a good thing there's interest but i don't necessarily know that i know the premise yeah. which is not as good a thing you gotta find to that intrigued. in between zone. You gotta find that in between zone mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you're you're giving away enough information about the movie to where you're gonna pique people's interest, but not enough to where you're gonna give it away, to where people don't need to go see it. Yeah, don't don't so, give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Yeah. No, you're not Anthony Kiedis. You don't need to do that. You can tell if you're a kingpin or a popper. It's fine. Yeah. Um, there doesn't need to be mystery about that. So speaking of uh, three-minute mini-movies, um, so Paramount, they're doing Paramount Plus, and Holy they've shit, got their new streaming commercial. service. They they spent like $80 million on Super Bowl ads for yeah, Paramount Plus. Shit. So CBS All Access is getting rolled into that, I believe. Okay. Okay. Um, as well as a lot of other Viacom shit. So, we're seeing the consolidation of streaming services. Like, a lot of these smaller ones on the fringes are being rolled into bigger conglomerates. And I have Disney+, Plus, Discovery+, Plus, in case you really want to binge Property Brothers for 46 hours. Which I guess. Like, if you just want to feel... There's a market for that. I, I know. I have friends um, whose parents are the kind of parents where you go in and you just... Any hour of the day that tv is on in their living room like any i'm talking any hour i'm talking four in the morning three in the afternoon that thing does not go off and they are on that couch watching that tv and now they can have that digitally oh it's it's a wonderful life um but i mentioned paramount plus because now that they have the service they need some new content to hook you on and what new content is they coming out for exclusive. them the vault this is what's going to get you going into Paramount Plus. This is the new movie that's going to draw you in. It's The Vault. Don't you know? It's it's every heist movie, but with less charisma. So instead of a daring thief, it's a it's a the every it's an everyday engineer who's maybe snarky, but probably not. Um, and they get they they don't even have a. I think they saw the Rick and Morty mo- episode, and they're like, "Well, we can't do it. We can't do it exactly like this. Let's just like change a couple things." Uh, so they so instead of having a whole montage of getting the crew together, he just walks into the room, and the guy's like, "There's the, the there's the extractor, <laughs> there's the hacker, there's the acquisitionist. Uh, this is the team. All right, guys. Um, and it's the biggest, most biggestest fault ever." I think this was paid for by the Spanish tourism found, uh, group, the tourism board, because they're robbing the Spanish vault, 
and they're like, oh, it's it's the Spanish bank, and it's got uh, the the Spanish vault. The Spanish vault. <laughs> apparently, because apparently it's like Gringotts. It goes down to like the fucking core of the earth. There's a scene where he's like he's on a ladder that's over like you know a, a twenty foot span, and there's no bottom beneath him. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're doing the fucking tightrope shit from Skyscraper, the movie about a fucking vault? Yeah, like I'm like, is this the Mines of Moria? Like, is there a Balrog at the bottom of this thing? <laughs> it, but- the monster at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. <laughs> They're gonna take a minecart down there. Well, you joke, but the 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 treasure is um Cap Admiral Drake. What's the name of that that Spanish uh, admiral who went to the New World or whatever? He had all that. He's the Whatever that guy was. He had a bunch of fucking treasure on his ship, and it sunk. So it's all sunken ship treasure. And I think from the trailer, they just took the whole section of the ocean with the ship was in and moved it into the vault. Because there's water that they pull the treasure out of. So I there's a part of me that thinks that they just took the ship and the water and just moved it underneath the Spanish bank. What if they built the Spanish bank on top of the water? Oh. <laughs> they just move. <laughs> there's a, they there's just a move water the. Level. What's the what's the capital of Spain? Fuck. Uh, Madrid. They just move Madrid over the over the English Channel. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let me. Um. <laughs> it's. I I I gotta make what I can out of this because it's just so devoid of like anything. There's no hook. You know, it's got all the elements, but there's no, there's nothing really engaging about it. Like they tried to do a comedy scene where he's a janitor and he drops his bottle. It's like, oh no, his cover's blown. Could, the janitor dropped something. They never do that. Master plan. Yep, there there sure is water in this vault. <laughs> all right, it is the uh, the the first time I'm seeing that actor um, who stars who is the good doctor. Um, in in an actual movie thing, so yeah. autism man. Skip yeah, to um, man. skip to like one minute fifty five seconds, and you'll talk about the the trench I'm I'm seeing. Oh yeah, I I, I saw the 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 fucking bottomless crevasse. <laughs> that was actually the vault. <laughs> the vault is that. Of course, the ladder slips, and now he's he's dangling on the precipice of the bottomless crevasse. <laughs> No one's ever been able to break into this. In theaters. They're putting this out in theaters. Also, it's not like a... Or is it a Paramount Plus or theater? Uh, They might be doing doing the HBO Max simultaneous release. Because it says in theaters, on digital, and on demand, 326. Roll roll the dice with going into the theaters or buy our platform. You choose. Yeah, right. Maybe that's the play. You want to die? If you gotta see you the gonna... vault, <laughs> I gotta see the fuck coronavirus. I gotta see the vault. I'll put on six masks. It'll be fine. <laughs> the vault is getting into my house after March last year. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. I did double mask the it the other day. It was more comfortable because of my beard. So I mean, I'm not it. making fun of people who double mask. That's like the current recommendation, but. Like I'm waiting for people to take it to the extreme and like become a fashion statement to have like ten well, yeah. masks on. Sure, everybody's gonna be you're like, gonna have oh, chic, what's you're gonna have next? The Gillette five safety masks. Mask. It's five masks for a smoother experience. <laughs> One mask gonna have hy- it's like, gonna have I lotion mean, it built in, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean it. It won't hurt. Like, uh, yes, the more masks you add, the more like of an obstacle course it is for any airborne particle 
to exit your mask and so, sure it helps uh meaningfully what you're saying a hundred masks technically could work better than one I, yes <laughs> i i don't think well i mean no actually because i don't think you could fit a hundred masks onto your face Mm. They're very fragile. Challenge accepted. At least, at least mine, the fucking like, rubber, the the band snaps off at the slightest provocation. <laughs> Snapping bands at the club, by which I mean my mask broke and I have to leave now. Yeah, my ma- that's the worst. Like I'll be working on something, and my mask will break. And I'll be like, nobody look, nobody look. Oh, nice to see how I live. <laughs> Back to my desk to put another mask on. Your, your hands fall. Yeah, it's the same noise that (laughs) Charlie's uncle makes. Uh, That's the vault. Oh, I'm sorry. I looked at the recommended movies after watching this trailer, and one of them is The Bible. (laughs) Just The Bible. It's It's a horror movie about a Bible that comes to life and turns into the Necronomicon. It's the three-hour 1962 movie, The Bible. And it's free, oh, yeah. guys. Wow, they condensed the whole thing in the three hours. Good for them. <laughs> and the book was better. <laughs> there, there it is. That sure is a movie called The Bible. Just with the subtitle in the beginning. Video unavailable. Watch this video on YouTube. Playback on other websites has been disabled by the video owner. Oh. Watch on YouTube. I'm seeing a man making right. like shadow puppets in front of a herd of of goats. Oh, he's dro- he's dropping beans. Next, next, in, next in the playlist is Robin Hood Men in Tights. So I'm not sure if this is a parody or not. I don't know. This is <laughs> this looks like it could be could be fun. I will read to you the description. The greatest stories of the Old Testament are brought to the screen with astounding scope and power in this international film, which depicts the first 22 chapters of Genesis. That's not the Bible. Oh, my favorite. Is the spectacular story of a, of man's creation, his fall, his survival, and his indomitable faith in the future. From the film's opening, it admits cosmic chaos to its lingering message of hope and salvation. The Bible stands as a monumental motion picture achievement. Legendary director John Huston lends his talents to create a movie of epic proportions. Provider Disney... Yep. I need to I need to learn more about I this. I love how the message of hope is lingering. Not enduring, not not everlasting, but it's a lingering message of hope. It just stands there. So it's got a six point three out of ten on IMDB, which is it was nominated needed for an Oscar for what? Best music. Okay. Sure. I'm currently watching it with the sound off, so I guess I don't know. Um Richard Harris is in the movie. He plays Kane. <laughs> it's ninety. It's sixty-two Kane. <laughs> um. Let's see. Is there any other? Peter O'Toole plays the three angels. All of them. All of them, I guess. Um. I don't recognize anyone else in this movie. Nifty. But yeah, the Bible in the beginning. The Bible. First first twenty two chapters <laughs> of Genesis. Not a trailer, actual movie. <laughs> Go watch it now on YouTube. 
two hours and 54 minutes of 22 chapters of one book of the Bible. <laughs> I, I can't wait for the, mo- the three-hour monologue of the Gats. <laughs> Let me know when they get to the Tower of Babel. That was my favorite arc of the Bible anime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of the Bible, um, I, I'm there, interested there's to been see more where this trailers goes. coming out about um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> and I don't know if I just watched a, a fan, fan cut about it, um, but that's coming out soon. So if you're interested, go check out some of the new footage. These, yeah, these Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League here. that they are doing extensive reshoots for. So they're making a new fucking movie. Yeah, it's almost like his cut was an unfinished work cut. Because they don't finish these movies until like um, like two weeks before it like goes to air. It's almost like that's the case with all the digital distribution. It's Hmm. almost as if the Snyder cut and the way fans thought it existed didn't exist. And now they need to make it. So they cast Jared Leto Joker. Although Did I will say back? that the yeah uh, the the huh. screenshots look a lot more promising, and after seeing Jared Leto in the little things, like he can play the detached psycho quite well. They didn't have him do that in Suicide Squad because that mm. movie was awful. Yeah, <laughs> but he looks the part at a lot more. You know what he looks like? He reminds me of... Do you remember The Batman? Yes. The animated show. That Joker. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He reminds me a lot of the Joker in The Batman. You know, I'm just... With the Batwave, which did something. It alerted them when there was crime, but it didn't really have any... Fun- I don't know why it was a wave. It just kind of was like... A, I don't know. It was such a... That was... Alert. That was... I was... A lot of I watched a lot of that, but I don't remember getting a lot out of. It. I remember there was the episode with Man Bat, where he he goes to the deaf girl, like his like the doctor's son is a de- the doctor's daughter is a deaf girl, and he comes up with a hearing aid and he gives her the sign language. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Dad? There's a weird dude at the door," because <laughs> she wasn't deaf <laughs> at all. It was a trick. I I remember the movie where he fought Dracula. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's that's a real thing. I'm just thinking I'm just um, thinking about the cinematic beautiful. universe. Like Marvel, the beacon just and you, the, the beacon of goodness and like wow, they did it right. And then you look over at like there's like bad ones, like the dark cinematic universe where it just it just like never got off the ground. You're like, "Oh. Okay. I guess that's a bad one." And then you look over at like DC and you look at like what what movies are in it and how it's structured. You're like, "What is this thing?" <laughs> Because they didn't have any sort of plan. They're just like, oh, Marvel's making a ton of money doing this. Let's let's try to, like, rush so we can have our cinematic universe cash cow. But it took Marvel, like, five years to lay the foundation for their first Avengers movie. Yeah, like, Aven- you um, could say that Avengers is, like, the centerpiece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's a movie that's based on some other movies. And then you look at the centerpiece of the DC Cinematic Universe, and it's like a fan recut or a or a director recut of a movie that was based on three movies that came together. Really, just two. 
like Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. And then the and rest then of the supporting came after League. it. And you look at it Beautiful. and it's like, who, what is going on? And then they've made other movies. And it's like, mm-hmm. like how the fuck does Wonder Woman 1984 fit into this? Like, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It <laughs> like, how the fuck does, how does Dawn of Justice, like, coincide with that movie at all? It's like, Lex Luthor is like, I have this secret thing of, of strange things that have been happening in the world. And one of them's just this interview with just a dude on the street. He's like, yeah, remember that time that everyone got their wishes and shit just went insane? Like, Remember that time in 1984 where the world was on the blink of, brink of fucking collapse? No one ever talks about it anymore. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's just Max Lord. He's just selling like used tires. He's like at a mattress store. Yeah, no, I tried, I, got, I tried to get ultimate power for like a week. It didn't really work. I'm- but he still has Wonder that Woman power, 1984 though, right? is like a giant onion. The more layers you peel off of it, the more it stinks. <laughs> Not to bring it back, but he still has the power, right? Like, he didn't lose the power. Uh, did he renounce his wish? Did he die at the end? Because his wish was to become the stone. No, he's alive. He visits his son. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But presumably, to stop the end of the world, everyone had to renounce their wish, right? Mm-hmm. And his wish was to become the wishing stone. So he's just a dude now. So I he's become I, you know he I turned think... into the my pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Max Lord, everybody. Like <laughs> that guy was a meme to me long before he ever became a staple in American politics, which is a sad sentence to say. Because <laughs> he's like, I invented my pillow. It's shredded fucking memory foam that's been around for decades. You didn't invent anything. Yes, he did. Dude he did with run a giant off. mustache. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, speaking of real things, uh, Fast and Furious Nine, the saga is coming out, and boy howdy, they put it right in the trailer where the car just goes on its side through a building into a truck. You know, they're not. They've gone past jumping the shark in Fast and Furious. Remember, Fast and Furious One was a remake of Point Break where uh, Dominic Toretto's gang was using their street racing cars to steal combination TV VCRs or DVD players, maybe, and sell them on the street. And it's gotten to this point where physics don't mean anything. They haven't jumped. They've gone past jumping sharks. and Now they're jumping sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. <laughs> even that's jumping like the regular shark is an extreme. Yeah, I think they're I mean, they're even hitting they're hitting the upper limit on ridiculous because in what what was it? Seven where they jump the car out of the building into the other building. Right. I think that was which was the one. Was it eight where they're in Antarctica? And they were out racing regular a nuclear cars. submarine, and and the fucking car did a did a like barrel roll to avoid a missile, yeah, <laughs> or a torpedo, yeah. I think I think that is that that's the glass ceiling of ridiculousness, and they've shattered that, and we've gone past the point where there's any um, credibility to these movies whatsoever. Unless you just want to remake Redline in in uh, live action, that's uh, that's where they're headed, right? Yeah, like, they're already knocking on the door of that. <laughs> they just need. I'm. I'm waiting for, uh, Fast and Furious in space. Fast and Furious That's Cosmic be Velocity. 
Because no, Escape you know, Velocity. That's the one. Fast and Furious Escape <laughs> Velocity. And they have to drive their car up the rocket onto the moon. They got to jump their car off a rocket launch to get the right trajectory. No, they got to build a giant ramp, and they just go really fast off the ramp and escape to the fucking moon. Yeah. No, they drive and, the, and the, the good guy slash bad guy, who's gonna, he's going to be a twist villain, is Elon Musk. Um, Elon Musk type guy who's like, to help, the, to help everyday man get into space, I've created the super ramp, the hyper ramp. <laughs> and then you can, get a, you can get a fast but normally affordable car and you can loop it into space. And it turns <laughs> out he's using it to smuggle helium from the moon. <laughs> Did you see the same trailer that has the, the jet catch the car midair? Yes. Also, because I didn't see that the first time. Was that the one? No, yeah, was that the one too. where they where he Spider Man swung with a cable from the yes. bridge? Yeah, he like wedged yes. the cable in his tire and then swung around the mountain. <laughs> I just to I chase just after I him. had a at a moment the car that got of reflection picked up by the that reminded because... me of remember in Hobbs and Shaw when they have like the fucking conga line of trucks yes. okay. <laughs> pulling down this fucking helicopter. <laughs> I just I had a moment of they... of actualization for a second. I was like, God, these movies are fucking ridiculous. Yes, like, dude, like, I just that, but that sentence saying Hobbs and Shaw like brought all the stupid I'm, shit in that movie. I'm Black Superman. Like when uh, the Rock's cousin, who who couldn't be played by Jason Momoa, even though that's who they wanted to get. Uh, fitted the chrome muffler onto the uh, blood transfusion machine designed by the <laughs> oh, two-time yeah. Nobel laureate scientist, and that fixed it. <laughs> yeah, Literally, just the chrome-plated muffler that he wedged onto this fucking thing. <laughs> and big dog. But in the end of this man. trailer, it's like they're like justice is coming, and I'm like, is this their like secret base? Are they? Are they like a Justice League type like superhero initiative? Like I mean, they are superheroes at this point basically. They saved the world several times over. They they fought Black Superman. <laughs> they're just they're just the Avengers. <laughs> this is No, this is this is uh this is another Earth. It's just another like the Earth 616 is regular Justice Hero world. And what which yeah, Earth would Marvel. this be? Is Avengers Earth? The one well, where physics doesn't apply it, it the same way. Because <laughs> we're, we're mixing universes here. So like, oh, wait, no, yeah, that was Marvel, one, wasn't it? 616 is Marvel's Shit. default world. Earth 2, right? Um, yeah. That's one of the worlds in DC's continuity. Like, it, it's whatever you want it okay. to be. Because they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, where there's infinite Earths. <laughs> <laughs> and, and each one can be whatever the writer's want it to be it's an excuse for them to reset the continuity whenever the fuck they want yeah <laughs> man this is just so crazy. i like to imagine that idris elba was actually superman in that earth and yeah but he was also a, he was a bad guy superman so this is what they have instead of the justice league like the flash comes and he flash points into this world he's like yo i heard you guys like going fast <laughs> Where's your car, man? I don't need a car. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Scooby-Doo style like team up between the Fast and Furious. Where gang and, like, is the, the Fast and the Furious Scooby-Doo movie? You know, yeah. you want me to tell you where it is? 
it they scrapped it for a fucking WWE racing movie, I think. Oh yeah, I remember that one. But a like spooky race with all the WWE guys. Go, John Cena. Just go yeah, where John Cena fucking punches a boulder. <laughs> <laughs> and it plays his theme music. I'm Dom. Nice to meet you, Shaggy. I heard you're all about family. And they soup up the mystery machine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Put the chrome muffler on the mystery machine. These scenes literally write themselves. I want I want the, the I want to see a clear shot of that nitrous oxide canister being shoved in the mystery machine and and Fred like we gotta go fast and pressing the button and then, no hey, no no Fred. it's like oh, drive off I don't want to make the jump and Jason Statham goes like would you do it for a Scooby snack oh my god <laughs> quickly before the Germans come <laughs> Vin Diesel's just sorry, like that's a much better Jason Statham yeah. <laughs> telling Fred to drive it off a cliff he's like trust me Physics doesn't matter when you have family. <laughs> family. I don't think Vin it. Diesel can say the word physics, much less. Jesus. All right, what other trailers can I do? We, we're saving the best well, one we for last. we got to talk about our favorite trailer. Oh, old. Okay. okay. Old. <laughs> old. Old. <laughs> old. You hate when you go to a beach and you have a baby randomly. Your baby disappears, and then it's it's five years old, and everyone's getting old. And M. Night Shyamalan's the director, so there's going to be a contrived twist at the end of the movie. I guess, yeah. They were never even on a beach, guys. They were in a nursing home. Is this just home. the Death Stranding movie? So so here's my prediction. <laughs> Jake knows what I'm talking they're, about. <laughs> they're dying? Yes, Death Stranding, where they're all babies. No. No. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, so let me, I'll summarize the plot of Death Stranding. So scientists figure out that the afterlife takes the form of a beach and they start hijacking it for like scientific, uh, like advancements and shit. And it causes a thing called the time fall, which is a rain that makes things age quickly. So there's fast aging at a beach. And I, I think I'm just like, damn it, M. Night, you've been talking to Kojima? Okay, so there's a reason I don't play kojima games much because he is batshit insane uh but here's my prediction i guess it's kind of like that uh they're dying and this is their life flashing before their eyes yeah probably (laughs) that's that's your twist and he's using again the same metaphor that kojima uses which is the beach is a place between the land and the sea so the metaphorical beach is the place between life and death yeah yeah kojima (laughs) <laughs> remember that really remember when when, when um yeah and you're a ups guy <laughs> i knew that much and i know conan o'brien's in it for reasons mm-hmm. and um oh what's the main dude's name what's the actor's name norman reedus. Yeah, norman reedus we're norman reedus we're Norman reedus who plays sam porter bridges who's a porter who works for the company bridges uh he says to uh Okay, BDG, calm down with your name generator. <laughs> it's literally what it is. Um, I know. <laughs> and he goes to the the female, uh, like, love interest, I guess. I don't know. And he's like, it's kind of like, you and me, we're kind of like Mario and Princess Peach. Except, you're my Princess Beach. 
He literally says no. that line. <laughs> I will show you that clip right now. I would not play this game yet. Because I don't want to play Walking Simulator 2020. <laughs> but I feel like that's the best. Gotta you know what I want to do on stream? I saw a video of this randomly yesterday. And I was like, we need to do this at some point. Maybe not tonight. Maybe not next week. But at some point, I want to play Sonic Adventure 2 Randomizer. Ooh. I like that. Because it randomizes the music, the dialogue, <laughs> the stage, the characters on the stage. So you can play like a mech stage as chaos. <laughs> That's fucking. I don't think it's completable. Down. But I want to see what kind of crazy shit happens. I'd be down for it. Um, all right. Well, we'll watch that clip at our own leisure. Yeah. All right. So that's old. <laughs> that's old. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. What we got? Um. Hot Hawk and the Soldier. Winter Hawk and the Sol Cat Cat and the Eagle Shadow. Snake of the Eagle Shadow. Hawk Hawk and the Winter Soldier. Uh, this explains why they haven't been called in to deal with what's going on in WandaVision. Because <laughs> it seems like that should be something the Avengers get called in to solve. Call it an Avengers level threat. No, it's got to be Sword. Because Sword, Sword does stuff and like that. Because they need, to, covering they it need up. to like introduce Sword before it comes up in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> when they have a spaceship. Because Sword gets a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, that's where uh, Sammy Sammy Jackson. Right, that was right. Old, that was, I think they showed it at the end of uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do not invoke her name. No, Captain Captain Marvel. No, that was Homecoming. I think. What? That was Homecoming. Yes, it was no. the end credit scene in Homecoming. Yeah, Scroll. Yeah, because he's a Scroll. Yeah. In uh, in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. And yes, uh, yes, he's yes, he's yes. in space. Real in, space. in space, Nick Fury in space. Three, five, five. Let's rock it. <laughs> yeah, what's what's Winter Soldier in the in the Soldier Fly guy? Um, it's it's they're Falcon? doing things. You know? <laughs> it's it's Marvel action with those two characters. Wow, that's really really the extent of it. It's, they're doing TV now. Yep. It's we need to put this off until we can get the Black Widow movie out because I'm sure that ties into this somehow. There's probably going to be some some small tie over. They're like shit. But isn't um, the Black also, Widow movie set like in the before time? Yeah, but like I'm sure there's like a side character, like one of the characters probably. will carry over because they're both. It's all secret agent shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Baron Baron Zemo's uh, coming back. He's reprising his role as um. In his purple mask this time. Um, so yes, there's going to be the that. most memorable of Marvel villains. I, I'm hoping they do him better. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just do him better and, and make him more kind of authentic to how he was in the comics. Well, I think he was kind the, of... The issue with him in Civil War is that he was unnecessary. Yeah. The movie would have been, been better without like a true villain masterminding the whole situation. But they they wanted to have have a villain because none of none of there can't be moral ambiguity in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can't have both sides making valid points. So yeah, there has to be a, a true villain. 
Yeah, so fucking um, hated I, that movie. I don't know. So maybe, maybe they write them in better. They do them better second time, and they come up with a good way that he escapes imprisonment. Maybe he got snapped, and uh, you know we start off the, and the series gone with, when he gets resnapped. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like okay, when he comes back, then there's like he comes back and there's no prison. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like sweet. That'd be kind of cool. That'd answer a lot of questions, but it would also be kind of sad because what happened to everybody who was like flying and in transit at that point? Because they're just gonna reappear like in the mid air oh, yeah. and just oh yeah, like uh, there's die. gonna be a lot of people who, who just die when they come back in. Like yeah, mm-hmm. sucks. Like, suck. and we we showed they kind of show that a little bit in Wandavision with the hospital yeah. scene where like there's just mass panic and chaos and people it's, are like popping back into reality if you look at the edge cases it's kind of a really interesting phenomenon because then you you have like the most definitive proof yet of what is technically alive and what's dead but we right here are putting more thought into this than i'm sure most of the writers are like yeah they're coming back maybe we'll do something interesting with some of these stories maybe we won't Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess spoiler, like, um, there is a scene, part of WandaVision concerns who comes back, what happens when, when that happens. There's a, there's a character's backstory that is, uh, in the, in WandaVision. Yeah. episode. I haven't watched the, the newest episode. Is that in that one? Or are we talking about? In uh, I think four? it's like episode four. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I, Monica I Rambo's, uh, backstory. Yeah. Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo, Rambo, Rambo. But uh, yeah, that I'm actually I should watch the newest episode of WandaVision because I'm curious to see it's if fantastic. it's the new X Men. T- if they're they're going in uh, going in hard, and this is how they're introducing X Men into the Marvel continuity. I've seen it. They don't. It's not definitive yet. I I watched a um Peter. Maybe you and I can we can discuss it afterwards. I watched a um like a breakdown video, and they kind of uh, explain what happened and i'm yeah okay i just want them to acknowledge that magneto is her daddy i know i I know (laughs) i don't think we're gonna get it though i don't think we're gonna get it yet i don't know if they're gonna maybe they're waiting for like dr strange to do it it was funny because diane and i were watching uh episode five together i'm probably gonna wait till she comes over tonight before we watch the newest episode um and I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if, like, she knows that Magneto is her dad in this, this version of the character. And then, like, they showed the news clip of like talking about their orphan parents. I'm like, well, I guess not. And then Fox Quicksilver shows up at the end of the episode. I'm like, well, maybe I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's fucking fair game for everybody. It's a free for all. It's like the fountain rules. There's uh, no rules. There are no rules. Um, what else we got? So we. Let's. Uh, oh, there's no more trailers. Yeah, I think that's it. Let's let's talk follow up here. An hour into this episode. Yeah. Um, that's about average. That's part for the course. That's how I see it. Um, the little things maintains its number one spot at the box office, down fifty five point three percent, two point one million dollars. Crude's new age. Week eleven, still number two movie in America, one point nice. six eight million dollars. Holy shit. The Marksman, Desert Taken, $959,000, good enough for third place, up last week from fourth. Wonder Woman 1984, 
and it's seventh week now available on 4K Blu-ray. If you want to spend thirty dollars to watch that movie again, <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Why was this like? Did it just jump up, or did they add a bunch of theaters? Because there's like a lot of missing information here. I I don't know. It's just uh, it's just still there, and people okay. are watching it for some reason, even though it's just a terrible movie. Uh, Monster Hunter. F- in fifth, I almost said Monster Hunter Five. Yeah, <laughs> is that what they're on now? I don't even know. Uh, can you imagine like ten years? From, oh my God, another Monster Hunter movie! Jesus. Um, five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars good enough for fifth place. Uh, News of the World in sixth, still three hundred ninety-one thousand dollars. Promising Young Woman maintaining seventh place with two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, 2020 re-release, $166,000, good enough for 8th place, uh, supplanting Fatale, which had that spot last week, now in ninth, $161,000. And, of course, it wouldn't be the follow-up without a top 10 appearance by The War with Grandpa in its 18th week. Yes. If it hangs on in theaters in the top ten for six more weeks, it'll have, or I'm sorry, eight more weeks. It'll have been in theaters in the top ten for literally half a year. <laughs> That's actually kind of impressive. It's insane. It is extremely impressive. This movie has been. You can go to Redbox and get this movie for two dollars. <laughs> like it's been out on digital for months now 18 i've never seen anything like this outside of like the imax movies that just run forever i just i kind of want to just go see it just so just to like be a part of the the history we should probably (laughs) review it at some point this is like this has got to be some sort of record for weeks in the top 10 right yeah is there maybe a reason because i wonder if it's like i wonder if it's actually like not terrible the reviews for it are great. The reviews. I don't know. Much like the reviews for our Spotlight film, every week on the follow-up, we, we take a look at one of the films in deeper detail to follow up, as the name implies. Um, and in number 11 this week uh, is our Spotlight film, Earwig and the Witch, which brought in a whopping 92K. And 430 theaters. Um, last week, we watched and reviewed Lupin the Third, the First, which is uh, the the darling of the CG anime world right now. And Earwig and the Witch is just getting reamed by an army of weebs. Um, of giblets, I you will, might even say. I will. Can I will contend that sure maybe the movie's bad but i can't imagine it's as bad as to like horribly downvote every positive review of this movie <laughs> yeah um it's got a 4.6 out of 10 on imdb 33% on rotten tomatoes and 45% on metacritic with the rotten tomatoes consensus saying, with a story as uninspired as its animation, Earwig and the Witch is a surprising and near-total misfire for Studio Ghibli. 
but who cares what professional critics have to say? They're not real people. They're automaton no. drones that have been built by the General Mills Corporation to shoot kicks into your children's mouth. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> no printer. Facts. We need real reviewers with real clown traits. Also, reviewer traits are helpful, too. I listened... But most importantly, clown traits. So I started listening to Clowncore last night, unrelated to any of this. <laughs> I, I started listening to the band what Clowncore. What is Clowncore? It is Lewis Cole and I want to say Sam Gendel, which is not... or say, Not to be confused with... Um, Jam Bendel. No, there's another guy who plays with him who has almost the same name. It's fucking. Jam it's confusing Bendel as sounds. shit. It's like Ash Gendel and Sam Bendel or some shit like that. Like it's way too, uh, way too close. But uh, drums, keyboard, and um, saxophone and voice. And it is smooth jazz. Oh, well, I guess I guess it could be best described with this sentence. So. The Newton's laws of physics imply that smooth jazz must have its counterpart, rough jazz. So sure. it, it is guys in clown masks, and they've released their full al- their first album. All in, they did it entirely in a porta potty, the two of them and all their equipment inside an extra large porta potty, wearing clown masks, screaming, and then playing smooth jazz licks. And you listen to this. I'll- because uh, the algorithm beckoned me, okay. and I, yeah, it was it was two to five in the morning, at some so, point. Yeah. All right. So we we we're, we're seeking reviews from Clowncore listeners, I guess. <laughs> I will I will share some of their discography later. And we we've, we've got them. We're gonna we're gonna give you reviews from people who liked the movie, from people who hated the movie which there are apparently no shortage of, and people who were like, eh, it's well, a movie. Even then. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, <laughs> you can make your own determination because uh, that's what this is all about. I'll start off with a 10 out of 10 from Nin Zadata, Earwig and the Witch. I loved it. February 8th, 2021. As all other Studio Ghibli titles, this isn't about the like about likability of the character or quality of magic. It is about children, how they can be left far away, how dreams are unrealized potential. The ending felt incomplete, but a part two is in the talks, and oh I won't have bad reviews keeping a masterpiece from me just because. Jared, 19, doesn't understand the brevity of work aimed at children. My baby brother loved it. I loved it. Your father loves it. <laughs> Take notes, Disney. Nobody wants ungodly classical music or a princess in peril. This man. Sometimes it's a shameless fairy tale. Fairies, lies, and gossip. One out of seven found that helpful. This man came to play. Good God. He's out here. This is the ultimate, like, don't listen to the haters post. This is the ultimate form of this. That's my favorite 10 out of 10s review. I should probably, like, pick, like, well-written reviews, at least one of them, (laughs) when I do these. But I can't resist the, don't listen to the bad reviews. (laughs) It's those and the the 6 out of 10 that are actually 4 out of 10 or vice versa. (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like it's an eight out of ten. It's like really like a seven, but I gave it a ten to balance out the negative <laughs> reviews. It's like what? <laughs> Boy, do uh, do do I have a ton of one ones? There are. Oh, I'm sure there's no shortage. <laughs> the 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 Studio Ghibli fans came out of the woodwork like an earwig to just berate this movie. <laughs> Cause they were like ready. They, cause they, they got, they got like their Twitter mentions, like notified. They're like, tell me when Studio Ghibli comes out with new movie. I want to know. And this man or woman or NB, I don't care. Mar- Martek, Martek Lacuna, Martek Lacuna said from the makers of Coco Melon and Baby Bus, dot, dot, dot. What? <laughs> oh, oh, I see where it is. <laughs> One odd ten. This movie is pretty much unwatchable due to the awkward and stilted animation. This is an embarrassment to the long history of groundbreaking animation from the Ghibli studio. Pretty much any CGI from YouTube to an indie Switch game puts this movie to sham. <laughs> Please don't release any more of this garbage in the future. Seven out of eight. Found that incredibly helpful <laughs> yeah the so okay i'm glad to know because the mid the middling reviews are actually bad reviews they just put a four out of five on them they didn't even, they're not even they aren't explicitly saying oh this is one out of ten but i just gave it a four it's just how it is um because i got uh i am a rick lee uh with his five out of ten review of eric and the witch all caps disappointment Disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, expected so much from Ghibli after watching five ye- after waiting five years, but totally disappointed. First, the CGI looks weird. Not bad, but weird. Story is not compelling. Earwig herself seems evil and manipulative. Only interesting character was Mandrake. Story seemed incomplete due to this awful ending. Could be so much better, but all we got is is a big disappointment. I've seen all of the Ghibli films, and this is the worst one ever. Okay. I know who my take on these is not necessarily the most popular, but can any Studio Ghibli movie really being described as having a compelling story? There are a couple. I I'm I'm partway. I'm I'm kind of with your point. I feel like since like I don't know past like the the last movie I saw was like Ponyo. And that one was like, I think they, I think they've gotten over the hill a little bit. I think they've gone a little too far. Like the name of the wind, I think was a little past their prime. I don't, I don't know which one of the ones I watched was the latest. I think it was Howl's Moving Castle, but that one was probably the last one. I was like, but wasn't yeah. Ponyo? Ponyo came out in what oh nine, right? Yeah, I, I don't so, think they've made a, I don't think they've made a movie that yeah. I've. Uh, when was uh, Princess Mononoke? That was like ninety five. That was Princess like the earliest that they did. Yeah. I watched Princess Mononoke, and then um, um, what was the one where her my sister my sister loved Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's Delivery Service was a boss. I didn't really care for it. Mm. I mean, like they they all look really nice. Oh sure, but the stories are like pretty basic, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the the dubbing that they put together for these in English. But every Ghibli main character is insufferable. <laughs> oh, Spirited Away. Without that. Spirited Away yeah, was the uh, one where Disney was like, 
maybe this anemia could be a good <laughs> thing. Maybe those Japs have something going. <laughs> Spirit Away was pretty well, good. Disney, well, Disney just rises from his graves at, like, not like... over my American dead hands. You won't let those imperialists get their media into our country. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Yeah, what's what's the last fleeting positive review for this for this movie? So Abby Gale, spelled A B I G A Y L E, eighty two. I assume that's the birth year. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a earwig in the rich review, nine out of ten. It's definitely different from other Ghibli movies. <laughs> Sweet. After watching the movie, I was really surprised to find that there were so many bad reviews frowny face emoticon i mean i was laughing and engaged the whole movie and i loved earwig when i first saw the trailer i was very disappointed that it was cgi since studio ghibli is known for how beautiful their 2d movies are but genuinely the cgi held up it it just came out like how could it hold up (laughs) the hell (laughs) It aged well. (laughs) They even put an exclamation mark after that. It was so pretty and colorful and whimsical. I thought it carried the Ghibli legacy wonderfully. Two exclamation marks. I think a lot of people might dislike it because of the way that the plot moves is very odd and doesn't really do what you want it to at times. That was that was rough. The roller coaster right there. <laughs> but that's really one of my favorite things about this movie. Exclamation park. It's kind of like the main character, who's very charismatic. That's a parenthetical. Happened upon a traditional Ghibli plot, but didn't pay it much concern because she had other priorities. I highly recommend this movie. Zero out of eight found it helpful. Wowzers. Now this one nobody found it helpful. Zero to zero found it helpful. But that was I actually like a really well written review too. Like I mean, they made their points. I mean, not well written yeah. and not like it made sense sentence structure wide, but they made a point and they they stuck with it. But everyone they did acknowledge that like people did not like this movie, and they're like, I can see why. <laughs> yeah, like I can maybe see why you didn't like this movie, and then all the weebs were like, eight. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking one. Downvote any positive review. (laughs) (laughs) But I found it helpful, so I'm gonna change that to one out of one because Jake found this helpful. And did you choose? Wait, Jake, did you choose the the top review, the most helpful one that popped up when I when we looked at this? The one that says "Magic is gone." (laughs) No, that was the first one I saw. Was just one out of ten. Magic is gone. Whimsy is dead. Yeah. a the lot existence of, these, uh, of Irrig and the Witch is literally killing magic. <laughs> a lot of these have fantastic titles. Uh, magic is gone, confused, and very disappointed. Uh, tickets cost me $15. <laughs> Awful message. How do you not pick that one? <laughs> There's a lot of really good ones. <laughs> but this one, this one's pretty good. Y3D, the follies of Berserk 2016 manifested in Ghibli. More people need to find this helpful by the title alone, my guy. Come on. 
I'm so glad that you we make... brought that up last week. <laughs> I know. It's like perfect. You make lots of perfect anime in 2D suddenly having a change of heart for no reason by the God Emperor. What is this heresy? Disregarding the fact that this film had a bad story, it pains me to say that about Ghibli. Practically none existence in the past. Warhammer The animation was a whole lot of new terrible. Remember Berserk, 1997? (laughs) Perfect series, 10 out of 10. Both script and animation and characterization of Guts and Casca. Suddenly they went to 3D in in Berserk 2016. It just destroyed everything that was good about the series. Parentheses, they even made the same scenes in 2D in each episode, which was a lot better than the whole episode. I want to assert that this, I want to say that this man is asserting that changing the medium from 2D to 3D, in his words, destroyed the story of Berserk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Nothing to do with the writing. Fucking 4D chess up here, man. 40K chess up here by the God Emperor. Nothing but... Time Who dimensional do you think God Emperor chest? is? Do you think it's, it's, it's <laughs> God Emperor? Do you think it's Hayao? Do you think film... it's Trump? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's Miyazaki because they're a big Miyazaki fan. I think. I think they're. I think they they think he is the 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 the, the God Emperor. This film also went the same way. Studio Ghibli, you are so great, if not the greatest. Please do not continue going down that road. 2D is your thing. You are perfect at it. Honestly, I hope this never happened. I hope this never happened. Parentheses. Time to call in Ordo Melus and the Grey Knights to do the same cleansing and memory oh, that's wiping. A 40K oh, is that a reference? Okay. That's a 40k joke. Okay. This man watches 40k and Miyazaki movies. What a taste! How many? How helpful was that? Apparently, the neckbeard is strong with this one, and uh, I'm sure he had to tip his fedora back a couple times because it was uh, getting in his eyeline when he was heavy breathing, slapping the sound on the keyboard. Fantastic! With his his ten out of ten review braces. So he's got those premium reviewer traits. Premium. He was made fresh. You know it. Fresh out of the mold. I made him fresh. So about to bury him in the backyard if he keeps acting like this. <laughs> I I neglected to mention that my last review, the fi- the disappointment was only three. Only three out of four people found this helpful. But this one that I'm going to read, twenty seven out of thirty six found this one helpful. Oh. It's four out of ten by Barberp. Uh, four nine seven seven zero. Um, four out of ten. Not Hayao Miyazaki. Doesn't feel like Studio Ghibli. Not good. Compared to the standard for two D animation set by Studio Ghibli, the transition to CGI has been a complete disaster. This is amateur CGI as far as CGI goes. To be frank, this film was directed by Hayao Miyazaki's son. Goro Miyazaki, and unfortunately, he does not yet possess the same serene magic of his father in his filmmaking. Goro's other directorial efforts so far have felt similarly stale to me. Tales from Earthsea was probably the worst effort of any Studio Chili production, and from up on Poppy Hill, while certainly better than Earthsea, wasn't the most original or engaging of films. 
As for Earwig, it just doesn't really coalesce as a complete movie, and the animation is around the quality of efforts like Hotel Transylvania. This is very off-putting. It just feels like a cash grab on Studio Ghibli brand, and it is done in an ill-conceived way. The only thing that feels connected to previous Studio Ghibli films is the last name of the director. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there other Ghibli movies directed by people who aren't Hayao Miyazaki? Yes. The one famous okay. one that I that comes to mind is uh, Grave of the Fireflies, which is a really good one. Yeah. So. I mean, here that's the that's the trend with these reviews. They all mention Goro. And the fact that it's in 3D. And not much else. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. And the, the one there is a there is a defense that I've heard been put up for the for the the style. Well one is yeah, well you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start with with something if you're gonna make CG. I will Like uh, I mean yeah, like I it's always a weird transition, like to leap into something so different especially when you've been doing it for so long but you can't do the same shit over and over and over again so, eventually you have to yeah. like branch off and try something new i was wondering if if this was his first like project no, or something he's done a couple but it's not it's he, he's done other stuff and i was wondering if like they got well i mean we too. were dunking on uh, from up on poppy hill got a really good review it's got 86 percent on rotten tomatoes 7.4 out of 10 on imdb 71% on I, uh, for Metacritic. So, like, he can do good stuff. He was a director for that one. It's just, like, it seems like the only issue people had was the CG. Right, which is why... <laughs> that was it. Um, as, as we are both watchers of Studio Orange, Jake, this was apparently a fucking bombshell for people because they watch be- people, a lot of anime fans who, you know... The kind of fans that we dunk on, we've dunked on in previous episodes for referring to anime in seasons. Like, what would you watch in the fall season? Like, is in they don't even care what they're watching. They just tune in and they just see what's on. Um, those kind of people watch Berserk twenty sixteen. They're like, oh, CGI CGI anime is poopy. This sucks. But then Studio Orange started making stuff and like, wait, CGI can be done done well. What? CGI is future. CGI is future so, anime. I feel like these are the stragglers from that era who are dunking on this, mm-hmm. who don't, who just haven't. They've tuned out 3D for a while, and they're they're just okay, tuning well, back see, in. I'm on I'm on Lupin the third the first IMDb page right now. There's only 14 user reviews for shame. it. Um, Rookie numbers. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to see if there are any negative reviews that reference it being in 3D. I mean, there shouldn't um, be. I don't think there's anyone who hates it categorically. I guess my point is that there are people who they hated it at first and then tuned it out and didn't realize that artists will improve the medium with time and practice. That, that... Oh, there's a 7 out of 10 review for Lupin here that kind of like encapsulated my review of it. It's like, will Disney sue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that Indiana Jones movie, the one with the Grail? Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, let's make that exact movie. <laughs> Basically. Um, um, yeah, there, yeah, there was a one star for Lupin the Third, but it, it, it 
Yeah, it's. Uh, it didn't mention the CGI the at all. The only one that mentions the CGI is an eight out of ten that says "Great 3D CG entry for Lupin" yeah. with a splash of Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Splash. I would agree. <laughs> it's it's more. No, it's 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 more Raiders than it is Last Crusade, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I guess no Nazis were were the villains. Well, it's got everything up until the Nazis. third act is like Raiders, and then. The actual place is definitely um, Last Crusade. Yeah, because it's the trials holding the the ancient uh, relic. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's fair. Um, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, I like. I'm not. I know we we fucking we we spanked on uh, earwig last week and the week before, and we made all the. We basically made a lot of the same jokes these guys are doing here. But um, I, we should put in an, an equivalent word and say they'll get better. They'll get better, yeah. and and I think it's also important to note that I haven't watched the movie or even yeah. so much as the trailer. So I'm just dunking on it because I dunk on all anime for memes. <laughs> yeah, and there have been there have been defenses that it may even have been a stylistic choice to do some of the CG the way they did. Um, well, yeah, they're clearly it's like, trying to emulate the flat style or the the types of uh, animation style that were in the two. They're trying to bring that just into the third dimension. When you know, maybe they figure out that you got to take a different tack. I compare it a little bit. Well, I'm not trying to say that Earwig is in any way the quality of Spider Verse, but Spider Verse's animation was very much a stylistic choice and one that on a surface level I didn't care for and really I still don't necessarily want to see that art style in too much other stuff but I was it it kind of grows on you but more importantly the movie itself is so good that you just you don't really notice or care after a certain point mm-hmm. yeah so um, I guess my our, our t- I don't know why we we have a takeaway. This it's these guys. We we'll have to watch the movie if we want to give it a fucking review. So I don't care. I'm done with this segment. Let's move on. Gaming news. We've had an interesting week in the world of gaming. CD Project Red was hacked, and source code for oh, the trading card game Gwent. The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 was stolen and held for ransom. Um, hacker. It actually sold. Yes, the that's, that's the new reporting now. I don't know that there's been like confirmation necessarily of it, but reportedly uh, elements of the source code have been sold off on the dark web. So what this means for the future of CD Projekt Red is unknown. The the damage financially that this will cause them also unknown at this point. I uh, I mean, if you're just someone who plays the games and doesn't really care about the financial portfolio of the studio, probably not going to mean too terribly much for you. In fact, it might actually be a decent thing for you because... <laughs> Might be useful to have the source code in making community patches for Cyberpunk 2077 or more advanced mods or spiritual successors. 
Uh, it's illegal to incorporate the source code into that sort of things, but it's the internet. When has legality ever gotten in the way of that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that that was the biggest story. Uh, CDPR refused to pay the ransom. Uh, they posted yep. the information, and they're like, "Fucking do it, you cowards!" And so they've they've done it. And uh, we'll see if there's any more fallout out of that. But uh, one of the things they cited uh, in the hack is they were upset with uh, Cyberpunk being released in the state that it was. But I think you're angry at the wrong people, if that's your primary yeah. motivation, because I, I would say that's more of a shareholder issue than it is yeah. the people who you know toiled many hours in a crazy crunch period to even get the game to that point yeah and I, that's a that's a good point to make is uh crunch crisis that's that's the one that you know maybe we should be going after but gamer that's activism really, yeah. is not <laughs> it's, it's a different nope. breed yeah uh they get really upset about things like uh you know game journalists sleeping with game developers and uh you know, games being released in unfinished states and not having the camera to, like, show your your favorite character's butt in the re-release of of your big game in HD. Okay, <laughs> I'm not talking about you, Kurt. I I know you're fine. I I mean I'm not gonna say I'm not. Like, why why change the camera shot? Like I always point it out when we do that. When we did the play for him, I'm like, yep, there, there's the shot there. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I mean, I don't care that it. I don't. I'm not upset that it's gone. But I'm like, why, why, why take it out? Really? Like, sure. I mean, Fuck that game. Not getting it anymore. Everyone knows that it's there. If it can play the original version. <laughs> exactly. So the, the fact that there is a non-trivial amount of drama. That has come up as and everyone just wants to stir up. That's why Twitter is a cancer. Like when, when aliens take over our planet and teach our history to to their children, um, they will mark the invention of Twitter as the turning point that led to the downfall of mankind. Or is it just expressing the real issues out there? No, it's fucking twelve <laughs> dozen. Crazy ass motherfuckers who get a hashtag trending, and then companies think, "Oh, this is what actual people think," and then they wildly overcorrect and whip themselves up into a panic because twelve dozen people who aren't gonna watch your movie, buy your game, or listen to your album are upset about it. And you have like company, you have corporate entities trying to like crawl out of the primordial ooze and achieve sentience, try and pass the fucking Turing test with their depressed their depressed Sunny D account or whatever the fucking the most it's Look like me. cyberpunk is a sunny a... utopia compared to that shit where you're like I'm Sunny D and I'm trying to be a real person buy my juice kid <laughs> buy my orange drink If <laughs> I am Wendy's and I roast people I want to hire whoever does Wendy's social media to do our social media. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, lad. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it I is really kind of creepy. Like, the implications. Like, if <laughs> it's some of like the, like the depressed Sunny Deer or whatever the fuck, where it's like, if I don't kill myself, will you buy my juice? I, I will yeah, slit my like... fist unless you buy Sunny D. Great flavor. Jesus. 
Forsyth is a great flavored Sunny D. Like, I I imagine. I don't know. I I you know as as dystopian as cyberpunk was, you can go so much deeper. I feel like. Oh, like yeah. I mean, there's a hundred different ways that you can go deeper into. Oh, dystopia. like um, and I think in a lot of ways, our current society is more dystopian than some of these media depictions. It's just a very mundane mm-hmm. version of dystopia. There's no mutants and ho- hockey masks telling us to step away from the gasoline. Or <laughs> fucking evil all-seeing corporations. Well, there are evil all-seeing corporations, but they're not like as in your face about being evil and all-seeing. But what you do have is people modding cyberpunk so that they can have sex with Johnny Silverhand and have simulated sex God with yeah. simulated non-consensual proxy sex with Keanu Reeves. Hell yeah! Which is arguably darker in some respects. Well. Yes, but that is a more constructive outlet for that urge than, like, trying to rape Keanu Reeves. I just, it's going to be, it's going to be 20, it's going to be 2077 IRL and there's going to be deep fake brothels. There's going to be instant plastic surgery and they're just going to slap a mask over it. That's basically what the dolls are in cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. basically. They can, they can. Except it's going to be real people. Yeah. Well, I, mean, well, I, I don't. I, are they real too. people in Cyberpunk? They're real oh, people. Yeah. That's They just up. have, like, you can put chips in them. It's kind of like they augment the reality to make them tailored yeah. to your specific tastes. It's like, what if Neuralink became real and, like, Coca Cola? What if Elon Musk Starlink became real? It is real. They have beta kits. Out. I know. It's. That was the joke because they're actually selling it right now, right? They're selling a ninety dollar uplink or ninety dollar access. I think the starter kit is five hundred dollars. Oh, maybe. And then there's Yikes. probably a monthly fee on top of that. You ever seen the Starlink satellites go across the sky? That shit's freaky. Because they go, they're like in a, yet. they're like in a grid. They're not like kind of floating around like geosynchronous satellites. They're they are like lined up like a giant fucking graph paper over the earth. Da, 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 da. They they all go in the same direction. I've I've seen it on a Starry Night where you go up and you're like, "Oh God, they're in formation over the Earth." Thanks, Elon Musk. Luckily, this is what. Luckily, here in uh, space Baltimore, too much pollution. Here, yeah. Elon Musk is like, "Hey guys, I've made a laser, uh, an orbital laser, but <laughs> Dogecoin." Yeah. Pay no attention to me. I I don't trust Elon Musk. I think he's a James Bond villain. Uh, who hides behind memes because that's what the world has become where you can just yep. gain goodwill by making low effort memes oh. I'm one of you look at me I'm one of you guys I made right. me I bought meme coin to to make it so that other people can't buy meme coin to distract from sketchy shit I'm doing like not paying my employees not playing employees, um, breaking not California law to, California. to kind of just establish his own corpo state. That's what he wants yeah. to do. That's what he really he's wants not, to do is just found his own. Not a good person. He should he should have moved to Oregon. Like if he set his up his company in Oregon, he could he could just set up he could just open his own like you know autonomous zone. Yeah, autonomous zone in the badlands of Oregon. Because like that's that was the freakiest thing growing up when I learned about like Oregon was Portland and then the wasteland the wastelands around it 
where it's the kind of spot where you will roll into town and the townsfolk will give you a fucking look and one you know you stay in the bar and the guy with the with the gun holster will be like don't stick around too long you hear now <laughs> you gotta roll out of there my friend doesn't like you either <laughs> oh be like careful you'll be, dead. you'll be dead straight up real towns like that which is fucking mind-boggling the whole town this was the same state right where the guy where like the whole militia right they took a national park for like a few months and then we were bolted by sending in glitter and dildos (laughs) really happened because they had they had like an address like send us supplies while we hold off the national guard in this park (laughs) glitter bombs and they sent them fucking glitter bombs send glitter to your enemy let me see if I can find the, the I'll send you the article um, All right. Um, speaking of explosions of glitter, uh, Kingdom Hearts series is coming to PC via the Epic Games Store. So for the first time ever, you can get the all all the Kingdom Hearts console games, or at least the collections. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 remixes, HD remixes. Uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8, um, which is literally just dream drop distance uh final chapter prologue kingdom hearts 3 with the remind dlc and kingdom hearts melody of memory are coming to the epic game store on march 30th first two titles on that list are compilations multiple kingdom hearts games if you're not familiar uh i don't know if they come bundled together or they're 49.99 each um I would hope Shit. they come bundled together because yeah. 50 bucks for those two games is a lot to ask when you can I'm pretty sure they're compatible with RPS 3 RPCS 3 I'm pretty sure they're fully compatible so you can just buy the PS3 version and, and play it on your computer <laughs> so don't spend 50 bucks if it's for mm-hmm. each game individually together sure just, just bundle it just freaking bundle it guys um and then kingdom hearts 2.8 final chapter prologue which they're gonna sell for 60 dollars <laughs> has just dream drop distance on it dream drop distance hd and kingdom hearts 0.2 birth by sleep a fragmentary passage which I don't think is an actual game. And then the Kingdom Hearts Cross Black Clove cover movie. That's what you get for your $60 there. Um, And then Kingdom Hearts 3 and uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory are both priced at $59.99. So that's that's a rip. Wait for it to go on sale. Um, Don't don't rush to buy these. I would not recommend that. Um, if if 1.5 and 2.5 remix are are just the 49, I should probably check that. It's probably available for for pre-order on <laughs> Epic Games Store. So let's just take. Okay, it is. And you do get 1.5 and 2.5 remix for 50 bucks. So that, yeah, that you you can go ahead and 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 buy that that's worth it that's a fairly decent deal because it's you're getting like six games for 50 bucks there versus one game in a movie for 2.8 hd (laughs) and uh 
Kingdom Hearts 3 is not worth 60 bucks in my opinion and I don't even know what Melody of Memory is. <laughs> so let me read to you the system specs from Windows, uh, from Epic Games Store, sorry. Uh, recommended Windows 10 64-bit an Intel Core i3 3210 or AMD A8 7600. I think most people are going to be good on that. Four gigabytes of memory or more and 60 gigabytes of storage and a graphics card. Uh, NVIDIA GeForce GT 730 or Radeon R7 240 with two gigabytes of DRAM or better. I think everyone's going to be able to handle that A-OK. Uh, the more recent Kingdom Hearts 3 suggests eight recommends a 1070 really that's hmm. wow. more than you'll probably need for it if it runs decently on an xbox <laughs> but uh yeah uh, yeah they want a i5 7500 four core throw thread or a ryzen 3100 so they're actually recommending some beefy stuff for what is not really all too graphically impressive a game. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's that's coming to PC. Like we we had heard rumors back when Kingdom Hearts three was coming out that it would have a PC version. It took a lot longer than people expected. The mm-hmm. game's been out for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they brought it all to to PC, which is interesting. I'll probably buy. I couldn't see myself buying 2.5 and 1.5 remix for 50 bucks. Play it. Yeah, maybe coming to PC now. I might, I might get get into the, those kind of games because I've heard, I've heard great things about them, but I just never. I don't know if I'd never it's had a the console or never had the ambition to buy them. <laughs> With Kingdom Hearts, in some respects, they're really like in some respects it's good, but then you just take a step back and you look at it and you're like, what the fuck am I even playing? <laughs> <laughs> And the story, which is like the main thing that people keep coming back to, is just beyond stupid at this point. Uh, I'd recommend watching the Unraveled on it <laughs> so you can see just how absolutely batshit insane it's become. Yep. Uh, there are, speaking of yeah. Nintendo and, and Disney and shit. I don't think the Kingdom Hearts have games have ever came to Nintendo. Well, I guess Dream Dot Distance was on the DS. But anyway, there's a Switch sale at Best Buy. Ten dollars off massive range of Switch shit. You can get the President's Day sale. So buy from Best Buy, get ten dollars off Breath of Wild, which has been out for you know, five years. Mm. Um, <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario. 3D All-Stars and more, seeing bigger price cuts. Uh, the Ring Fit Adventure is marked down to $69.99 at Best Buy. Mario Kart Live Home Tour is down to $90 from $100 at Amazon. On top of that, you can save $10 on the Switch Pro Controller for 60 bucks this week on Amazon. Um... Get your Switch accessories for slightly less money. Yeah. Uh, and some news that will make you maybe think twice before you eat some bacon. Uh, scientists have successfully 
It taught pigs how to play simple video games like uh looks like brick hard brick whatever the one with the paddle that you can take the bricks and, oh uh, yep breakout yeah breakout and other other simpler games like that um hamlet omelet ebony and ivory are the names of the pigs that have been uh trained to play video <laughs> games with their snoots their snoots uh, Yorkshire pigs, Hamlet and Omelet, and Pan Pan Pinto micro pigs, Ebony and Ivory micro are ambassadors pigs? for this speech. Micro Is, pigs. What is this Moore's Law of Pork? <laughs> the quartet was focused was the focus of a study that tested whether they could learn to play a video games. Spoiler alert: they were pretty good at it. Purdue animal behavior <laughs> specialist Candice Crony and chimpanzee cognition expert Sarah Boysen co-authored a study on pigs published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology on Thursday. Um, so that would have been the the tenth. Yeah, only if they get treats. They get they get. Apparently, it's rigged up with uh, getting treats too. Well, everyone's accomplish goal. Get a treat. Everyone's food motivated. <laughs> Absolutely. Not humans. We get just motivated by clicking things and stomping on goombas. We're, we're motivated by sex and food just like any other animal that's why i'm petitioning that the game Not now me. be renamed to pig out i don't do any of those impure acts i get all my sustenance intravenously so i don't have to sully my yeah, mouth Jake, have you been on that soylent diet I've you've been drinking been real cool that. gamer juice that I'm has those pure. little bottles with 600 calories in them that taste like mm. slop and turn your insides into a water slide I'm not distracted by any I of those been, trivial it's not human soy things. Brands, uh, but it's a it's a competing uh, meal replacement shake that I've been doing for lunch for a couple years now. And yes, uh, switching from solid to liquid food as regularly as I do has not done wonders for my digestive regularity. But uh, it is a convenient and nutritious solution to lunch because it does have a lot of stuff that I normally don't get in the course of my dieting because I don't care for vegetables. So a lot of things that are in vegetables don't make it into my diet the recommended amount. But this helps me supplant that. Yeah. Or su- supplement, I should say, not supplant. Yeah, I just I just drink beer. Or, uh, yeah. a vegetable. Or liquor, just liquid diet and in worsening news for people who just want to play video games uh cryptocurrency miners also frustrated at the gpu shortage that they themselves have helped usher in uh are buying up gaming laptops now to rig up to mind dogecoin uh yep anything they can get their hands on (laughs) So, so dumb. They're buying up gaming laptops now, so those are going to be in short supply. So the question, the 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 thing here, and this is a thing that I've recommended for a long time for people who are trying to build a computer on a budget: buy used. For the most part, the things that are really expensive right now, you can get pretty safely used. Your CPU, RAM, graphics card, all pretty much good like there's a there's an infant mortality period that's pretty high you might get a part that's doa or craps out but if it lasts like a year it's going to last for pretty much ever 
uh, power supply also you can get like a good earth watts 500 550 watt 600 watt unit on ebay for reasonably cheap money and it it's gonna run forever yep uh and you can put together a good good rig for less than the cost of a gpu yep <laughs> and you can dodge the the bitcoin miners yeah, because uh cryptocurrency mining at this point i believe I, i've heard an article that stated recently that it uses more electricity than argentina the country jesus <laughs> jesus yeah it's a lot of i don't like crypto like i i think it's a bad thing for humanity i don't trust it because it's not backed by anything um well you obviously haven't invested into cryptocurrency like I have. No, I have not invested. <laughs> no. in and that's currency. why he doesn't trust. You would understand because it's because I don't quite... trust it. That's why I haven't put my money into it. Yeah, it's quite awesome and definitely the wave of the future. <laughs> you should trust it, like me, someone who has put a lot of money in it and really needs it to work right now. Please, I need it to go up and not go down because I owe a lot of people some good money. I could lose the house. So I really trust this. If you have pods of a from... Bitcoin, we almost have one whole Bitcoin. <laughs> I am a true hacker, and I have a crypto wallet with a balance of about 102 Dogecoins. So take it from me. This isn't financial advice. Legally, I have to say that. Yes, legally, we are not your financial advisors. Do not take financial advice from us. Or anyone else on the internet, unless of course they are your true financial advisor. This message brought to you by Rocket Liberty Mortgage, Mortgage HR Tax Loan Block. My mom worked for HR Block for a while. It was an HR Block right next to the hot dog place in Part Troy. <laughs> there's there there's a lot of tax places. Some are in very hidden spots. My my one of my managers he swears by a place in like Schenectady that's in some dude's basement where people line up across the block to go get their taxes done because he used to be a tax guy and now he just does it for like for cheap for people you know be like you know hey you know there there are ta like my mom does my taxes and not because she's my mom but because she's a tax pro so I'm like mom here <laughs> here's Fill my out, W2 please. and my 1099 <laughs> go nuts <laughs> Currently, my my supply of Doge has uh, made me about a whole a cool eight cents. Wait, so, wait, Jake, you actually only have a hundred twelve Dogecoin? That's like, yeah, yeah. That's I just had some remaining balance, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna put some into Doge and just that's see like what not happens. even a dollar. I don't really care about it. I don't, it's seven seven dollars worth of Doge. <laughs> I care very little. I just want to see how much it'll go up and down because. Um, because I've been seeing recently, there's been a pattern with uh, Elon Musk trending or, or tweeting out like random shit about Dogecoin, and then an hour later, it'll spike up like literally yeah, one but, cent, one or two but cents. Didn't he himself buy up a ton of is that, Dogecoin to drive the price up? Yeah. yeah, but the nature of cryptocurrency yeah. is that you're always finding more. So until you get to the end of the mine cycle, it's always just gonna lose. See, it's gonna hyperinflation's gonna kill it. Yeah, the thing about crypto that worries me the most, other than the fact that there's literally nothing backing it and it has value simply because a few people agree that it has value, um, is the fact that people like can make it. And like like Dogecoin was a joke crypto thing that some dude whipped up in like 
two hours. How how is that like something that you can trust in a market? Like trust that he doesn't have a way to artificially increase his supply of Dogecoin if it if it swells. Like that was my main concern when back when Bitcoin first came out, I was still in high school. I think I was a, a sophomore, maybe a junior in high school. And my friend Austin was explaining Bitcoin to me. And I was that was my first comment to him. I was like, how how is that secure in any way? How can you trust that there's no fuckery going on with the supply? And he's like, well, he's trying to like <laughs> double speak in what the person who invented Bitcoin had put out there. And I'm like, do you really trust this one dude at his word? I don't. <laughs> And and then the, always, um, Elon Musk. the usually the counter argument is always like, "Well, how are you gonna trust diamonds or gold or the U.S. currency?" They're fucking commodities. Because <laughs> turns out, yeah, but I mean, uh, you got you gotta admit, like diamond, diamond. Oh no, diamond, like, diamond has no real world diamond valuation. Is, is gold insane? Has real world applications and real world yeah. value. Yeah, because you look at like manufactured yeah. gold or diamonds, and like that, like diamond has a use. It's very hard. But like you can, we can manufacture the same stuff for the same practical and purposes, and those are like pennies on the yeah, like on the dollar. Diamonds a nine on the Moss Bauer scale. You can get shit that's like an eight point eight for like two dollars yeah. an ounce. <laughs> yeah, and it does the same thing. You know that the uh, silicon carbide is real cheap. <laughs> silicon carbide powder does not. Yeah, it costs less than a dollar a pound. You can buy that shit by the barrel. All right. Well, that's that's our soapbox cryptocurrency <laughs> talk. Currency, so. commodities, trading. You know, just had to get it out of our system. Man, now time for really a, is, for a top ten list, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So uh, keen observers <laughs> will note that we did not like reference a movie. That's because on these milestone episodes, we generally tend to like to do something a little special. And uh, for this week, episode two fifty, we have endeavored to create. A list, each of us have our own list. We have not talked about what's on each other's list. We have not seen each other's list, so the amount of overlap is unknown. You want to do boggle rules? (laughs) If someone talks about it, just eliminate it from everyone's list? I mean, yeah. I think we'll we'll just all offer our thoughts on it if it comes up. Um, So we've each come up with a list of 10 video games that we believe you should play before you die. These are not necessarily the best video games in the world not our or favorites. our favorite video games in the world i mean that wasn't the the idea although honestly i'm looking at my list it did kind of turn out that way a little There's bit a few that got on there i mean i mean ultimately it it it, it i mean it, it could be seen as a like a top top video game list these are not like this is not my top it's... 10 list of best video games this right. is not necessarily my top 10 list of favorite video games. I like all the games that are on. Well, I like 9 out of 10 of the games that are on here. Um, and I cheated a little bit. There are a few uh, few entries that are like a particular series. Um, okay. But, but I've done, I've done a little fudging of my own, too. I, I bent the rules a little bit, but... I didn't really establish any firm rules, so I I, I think we're okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of made up my own rules, and I'll, I'll describe like what what I kind of made my list. Based I tried to keep it. Do we want to just yeah. go through? T- so what we're saying is we've all made a list of video games. Go through a list yeah. of uh, some kind of video gamery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
so these aren't in like a particular order. Like this is the most important one that you no, you yeah. play. Um, so I'll 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 start I guess since this was cool. my idea. Um, and first on my list because this was the first one I wrote down because this is the windmill slam dunk for me is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic released in two thousand three. Oh. Uh, yeah. Everyone Ditto. should play this game. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do we actually do you want to talk about this after the list or before the list or as we go? Uh, let's let's do it as we go. So okay. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, developed by Bioware, is a game that promised a lot on the back of the box. It's you could have your own spaceship, you can go around and have have adventures in Star Wars setting, and a lot of games at that time put a lot of bold promises on the back of the box that they kind of only half delivered on but knights of the old republic delivered on every promise that it made on the back of the box in a major way and it crafted promises made promises kept yeah it it, mm-hmm. ca- it captured the spirit of star wars in a way that at that point not many games had done it had the strongest narrative of any game i had played to that point and honestly it's still up there in terms of I played a lot I play a lot of story based games you'll see on this list here it's like 80% RPGs so yep. I, I have a lot of experience in this realm and it still to this day stands up as one of the best RPGs I've ever played if yeah my, my thought on it is if you have a bucket list before you die you need to experience a western RPG with moral choice and that is also a licensed tie in game to a big and what better license than a big property like Star Wars and Kotor has all of those. That's a it's one of the big foundational blocks of at least video games as they are today is the moral choice kind of freeish RPG. Um, in the Western style, there's the there's JRPGs and WRPGs. This is the WRPG and it's also the license game, which is a big part of video games too. Yeah, and it has a lot of depth and it it I think it speaks to the fact that this game. It came out in 2003, and I still regularly play it in mm-hmm. 2021. I have probably across every platform well over a thousand hours into Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2. For not sure. It, together, not individually. I haven't played these games for 2,000 <laughs> hours. All right, what you got next? Um, next, I have Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Okay, um, I had gold, silver, crystal, but same vein, same vein. I just had Pokemon in general, um, and and I mean you could you could do that as like the original ones. Um, I was thinking right now in my head, I'm like I'm like you know it'd be the truest like uh, Pokemon experience would be like playing like red, blue, or yellow, and then right after gold, this. silver, or crystal, <laughs> because Pokemon was originally supposed to be just those two games. And then they blew up afterwards, and they made Ruby and Sapphire. Um, and I think playing those two games in tangent, and like going backwards in time, or, or going back to the Kanto region right after you beat the Elite Four in Gold and Silver, uh, I think is a really nice way to to, to top off mm-hmm. the, the original one. So yeah. Heart Gold and Soul Silver are remakes of Generation Two Gold Silver Crystal, which are fantastic games. But the reason why I put Heart Gold and Soul Silver on this list is because that they they took every feature that was in those games. Like there's nothing really of consequence missing. They changed the radio a little bit 
from Crystal, it's not quite the same. But pretty much everything you could want in a Pokemon game is there. You have the 16 gym challenge that was in Generation 2. You have a expanded post-game where you can catch fucking any legendary that you could think of that existed at the time. You have Pokemon that follow you around and a friendship system based around that. It has every feature that people have like ever asked for in a Pokemon game. And if you want to play Pokemon, you want to see what the hype is all about, you might as well play the best version of Pokemon. And in my mm-hmm. opinion, and I've played every Pokemon game pretty much, uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the best. And that's why if you go on eBay and you look try to buy it it's like 90 dollars. <laughs> yep yep um again yeah my bucket list i only had room for one jrpg and i wanted this to be it this is a lot of the stuff of jrpg which is really about making your character stronger um traveling the world and this also is pokemon the biggest grossing media franchise there is uh and it's also the collectathon type of game which is also a social game so Pokemon hits a lot of different shit that yeah, if you're t- if you got a bucket list, you need, you need to figure out. You, you want to learn about different aspects of video games. This has a lot of those. It's a it's a lot of things that are gone into it. Yeah, I'm starting to see the shape of your list and where it's like, and I I kind of wanted to do something like that, but I kind of got drawn into like, oh, but you really have to play this game too, even if it's like in the same vein as some of the other games on this list. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep that to as much of a minimum as I could, but uh, personal bias did bleed over. Um, so next fair. on my list, I have God of War, the 2005 version. Um, this is like my action hack and slash sort of entry. Uh, God of War but was a phrase used in game reviews from 2005 onward because God of War nailed the like dynasty warrior-esque like push buttons to make cool shit happen with a lot of enemies on screen at once formula wove it into a well-constructed narrative with a lot of action sequences it it, it pretty much invented the qte and for better or worse whatever you feel about qtes and it was a technically impressive game because it was on the ps2 it looked fantastic and there was basically no loading screens the whole game flowed continuously in a way that i don't know that many other games that aren't god of war franchise games have accomplished and they did a lot of cool technical tricks where like you would be walking through a hallway where there wasn't really anything and the game is fetching assets from the rest of the level as you're walking through this hallway but it doesn't hitch it doesn't like pause and say loading like it does in like some of these other games of that era it was very impressive it's a very concise game it doesn't overstay its welcome there's depth to the combat there's fun trials to play there's a lot of replayability and things to make you come back which is not necessarily common in a genre where games are kind of largely disposable where you play it you sit down you play it you're like oh that was fun and then you never touch it again God of War is a game that I I have played over and over and probably will continue to play it over and over. And I think I'm shocked that it hasn't been made into a movie because, like, you can play the whole game in three hours. 
you can finish the whole game in three hours and like speed running and like in the movie you'd take out some of the minutiae so like you'd probably make god of war a two and a half hour movie and i don't know why they haven't tried it yet <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, next up i have <clears throat> fallout one 1997 uh, this is, in my opinion, like the best CRPG out there. Um, mm. The setting is unique. It's the post-apocalyptic Mad Max style setting. And it has the most non-linear... It's basically the first open world game. Because you can do pretty much... You have like one quest where there's a slight timer on it, but it, it's very quick. And after you do that... You can pretty much do whatever you want. You can go anywhere. You can talk to anyone. You can kill anyone. You can make any decision you want. There's a bunch of random events and story. And there's just so much depth to how your actions can affect other parts of the game. Like, you can convince the... If you talk to all the right people and remember, like, the important details, you can convince the final enemy of the game that his plan is flawed and will never work and he'll just like commit seppuku mm-hmm. and that's the end or you can just go and go in guns blazing blow it all up uh you can be a sneaky scoundrel kind of character you can be like the savior of the wasteland you can forge whatever path you want for your character that in a way where that is strictly morally defined too that's important yes yeah, you yeah, playing like a it's good not... guy or a bad guy. Yes, and that's that's a that's a great point you brought up. It's not always clear which decision is morally correct. Like, you know, you're like, is this the good guy? Like, some are obvious. Like, yeah, if you kill kill a kid, which you can do. Uh, like, everyone knows that you've killed a child and like will be hostile to you for the rest of the game experience. Um, but there's also some decisions where you're like, should I help this guy? You help this guy and you're like, oh yeah, that's the good thing, right? But he's like a bad person. He goes on to do some shady shit. And you see some of that in the epilogue too. And there's so many different combinations of epilogue scenes. It's got Ron Perlman as the narrator. Uh, not important <laughs> to its place in game history, but fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you put that in. I was, I was kind of, if I didn't wasn't restricted to 10 i probably would have had that in there but i'm like you know what kurt will talk about it he loves fallout he'll catch it (laughs) yeah um next up i have super mario advance 2 this ticked a couple boxes this is a platformer um it's a remake of super mario world with some enhancements so super mario world is in my opinion the best mario game uh and super mario advance Mm -hmm. 2 gave it redid the controls a little bit to accommodate the Game Boy Advance because there's too fewer buttons, face buttons on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, and I think the control scheme on this works a lot better than the original SNES version of the controls did. And they also changed the... They, they gave true distinctions between Mario and Luigi's playstyle. Luigi had the floaty jump in this game. Uh, in Super Mario World on the SNES, they were just palette swaps of each other. There was no mm-hmm. difference between playing as Mario and Luigi. Uh, they may have tweaked the Yoshi mechanics a little bit too, but other than that, it's it's straight up Super Mario World. I think this is the best version of Super Mario World, and it's the only like 
I played this game a lot as a kid. There's a lot of fun different like shortcuts you can take and secrets to discover and like to to do everything 100% in this game would take a while. And all the levels are designed pretty cleverly. There are some levels that I hate. I'm not going to say they're all winners. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's I think that's important in in a Yeah. platformer there should be a diversity of level concepts and you're not going to like all of them because right you're one person at the very least they're memorable i had i just had super mario world for the snes but since this is that game but patched up uh i guess i would say this one too yeah like this was this was what this was the launch title on the system that basically became the household name for nintendo this was the nintendo's and this was yeah. the game that came with it, and that yeah. it was the first game that a lot of kids, <coughs> you know, in a world that really was still kind of crawling out of the video game, but the you know the the computer the crash, muck, <laughs> yeah, of of the video game bubble bursting. Um, this was the first game, like the first video game that kids, a lot of kids that have ever seen. Like kids today, grow up in a world where video games are a thing. Video games are a lot of things, um, but back then. You know, this was one of those where, like, oh, I'm, I'm the Mario man. I am the jump man. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one who I had, jumps. Um, I had Super Mario yep. kind of just, like, clumped in as, like, a whole series because there was too many that I could pick from, uh, whether it was, like, a more updated version like Galaxy or Odyssey or even Those Sunshine, were ones I, I considered in there. a lot. I Yeah, because, I mean, those are amazing games, and they were, I had a lot of fun with them. Um, I kind of kept it more as like, hey, go back to the roots, see where it started with the, the first Super Mario Brothers, you know, playing on the SNES. Um, you could even expand that to Mario 64, uh, where they tried that. If little, I liked Mario 64 more, I would have put it on there. Um, but it was, I don't, that was kind of the issue for me is like, is it historically significant? Yes. But. The i it's more of like the idea of Mario sixty four I feel than the, the, the the product that exists. Like I sure I mean there there are, there are flaws speed with it, but, but and all I mean, that it, have made the game a whole different animal. And I'm I'm not saying that it's not a fun or, or well put together game, but to play it now I'd have a harder time recommending to someone who's never played a video game before or had never played like a Mario style platformer to say start with Mario 64 versus start with Super Mario World. Well, I mean, I think so. It's, it's, it's got a lot. Of, it's been redone. It's been remastered. It's been, it's been ported over to different consoles and redone, reimagined uh, multiple different times. Uh, so I think, I think it is an important um, keystone, I think, in the Super Mario World. I don't know if it's as important as the original. I doubt it would be, but... Um, I think it's it's that that foray into the 3D kind of era that it kind of targets and it hits home with, and it kind of you know it's that's the the, the granddaddy of the the Sunshine Odyssey Galaxy kind of yeah. the, the 3D Mario train that we saw basically. come from those yeah the 3D Mario um um but yeah I, I'd be I'd be it's a good pick to go with any oh of yeah the like Mario I'm not trying to say like yeah. like yeah, the, yeah the point I was trying it's to just, make there's, is there's it's so many I, I, that was my I think yeah. when we did our video game Hall of Fame episode, I may have had 64 as either an honorable mention or in my introductory class right? for a potential video game Hall of Fame. 
Uh, this is the first one I kind of bent the rules on a little bit. I put the whole Mass Effect trilogy on here. Um, there's nothing about it particularly that puts it as like an important piece of gaming history above, like say, Kodor, because it's the same developer, same sort of style of game, but it has the most like lovingly crafted sci-fi RPG world that's original that I've encountered. There's so much story depth and the mechanics can be hit or miss, but really you come you come for the story and the characters. And there there are a few games, even like really good RPGs that had great stories and stuff, that have that have created characters that are so present in my mind when I think of like you know media like you know when I when you think of media you think of a lot of different characters like you know the the Terminator or you know fucking Ripley from Alien Luke Skywalker these are characters that are in your mind when you think back on like movies and shit you've seen and right there with me in my head are characters like Garrus like Morden like Rex they're just they're as prevalent when I think of media and like great characters as any movie I've ever seen and I think on that alone like creating characters that's something that a lot of RPGs struggle with creating characters that you care about like Final Fantasy 7 heralded as one of the greatest games of all time has a lot of characters that make you that make you that you care about like you want to know more about and would play like a background game but then you have the Kate Sifts of the world where you're like, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> but there really isn't uh, a character like that in the Mass Effect trilogy. And as much as I dunk on Blast McCarchies, um, yeah. if you actually like take the time to talk about him, while he's not as gr- strongly crafted a character as everyone else in the series, and I think he's hurt by being introduced in the last game, with a squad mate of with a squad of mostly returning characters even his story is like good not great but good mm-hmm. and even a lot of the side characters even ones that aren't in your squad have really well thought out and and crafted backgrounds so i just think for like science fiction space opera like you mm-hmm. owe it to to experience yeah. and that. the no slouching on the choices either i was i don't know i was tormented by nightmares last night uh and while i was lying awake in bed i i I saw a video that was um the dialogue tree with garris if you never when you go back and see him as archangel if you didn't recruit him in mass effect one and like i I forgot that wasn't even that was even an option yeah you could could just like like... not get him and he could be a stranger to you in the second one yeah and everyone's like that's fuck who doesn't recruit Garrus? Who doesn't do that? But you can't. It's, it's a world you can make uniquely yours. Like, I, I played the PS3 versions of the Mass Effect games for the first time, and I couldn't get Mass Effect 1 running. So I had to start Mass Effect 2 from scratch without the Genesis DLC. And, like, all the things that existed in, in the world are so different from what I usually play, where it's like, I don't even want to, like see what the world of Mass Effect 3 looks like in this continuity. 
like it's just gonna bum me out man yeah uh next up i have doom i put the 2016 version on here i had a hard time deciding whether or not i wanted to say doom 93 for historical purposes or doom 2016 for like this is what the evolution of first person shooters has come to uh, mm-hmm. And I ended up going with Doom 2016 because it's for for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's just such a well it's X7, such a well optimized engine. Like this game looks great, and it can run on your fucking Tamagotchi from fifth grade at stable frame rates. <laughs> it's just it's such a technical marvel, and the gameplay so fucking tight like every i i gave a lot of praise to doom eternal but honestly i prefer the way the the sub weapons and and systems worked in 2016 it was a little easier to manage doom eternal is a nice evolution to that but there's so much to to keep track of in doom eternal it's a little overwhelming Mm -hmm. at times especially because you're in the thick of a fucking firefight with demons everywhere and Having to keep track of too many things can be a bit of a detriment, but that wasn't so much the case in in Doom 2016, and it it brought the narrative stuff from Doom 3 over into the classic Doom, and it, it actually had a, a pretty decent story, even if it wasn't like necessarily trying to have the best story in the world, or that wasn't the selling point of the game. And the soundtrack, if you like hard rock. Or heavy metal, you're fucking gonna love the goddamn the soundtrack. Like it, it's one of the best soundtracks in video games. And as a total package of what I wanted to put a first person shooter on here, and I couldn't in good conscience say Half Life because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Half Life is as good as <laughs> a lot of other people do. And I guess I can't fully appreciate its place in history because I don't know I looked up other games from the same era that did it better <laughs> yeah but one of um, those I will probably be talking about myself I bet you can uh, guess which one it is it's just what it is uh so yeah I, I I as as the evolution of the first person shooter genre into something that has mass single player appeal because like the call of duties of the world you know they have good gunplay and all that but you get into the thing where it's 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 all the multiplayer. And if I wanted to put a multiplayer shooter on here, I would have gone with something like Quake, because that was like the first to do it. Um, but as far as like a modern evolution sort of thing, I, I feel like Doom 2016 had to make it onto my list. Next up, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Um yep. this is the this is the peak of 2D Sonic, other than Sonic Mania, which I, I felt was was kind of a nostalgia thing as much as anything else yeah i I felt kind of cheap to put it on there i did have it on there at once but i'm like yeah i gotta go with with like a real first i mean yeah you know what i mean um i do it's uh it just did so so much so well It, it took the sonic gameplay loop which is just so unique from any other platformer like there's really almost no other game that mimics it like rocket knight adventures i guess is kind of close ish but even then the level design and the maneuverability options and and the way enemies work is is quite different Mm -hmm. um 
so it's a very unique style game and this just it took it took that gameplay loop and created levels and mechanics that you wouldn't have necessarily thought would work or even be possible on the Genesis hardware for this style of game. Like I think of Snowcap Zone with the with the snowboarding mechanic. You're like, "What the hell? How why who thought of this? And why is it so fun?" Mm-hmm. And even some of the more like earlier stages where like there's no real you don't get eased into it. You just get thrown in cuz I I think of like Mushroom Hill Zone where it's like Oh, it's the first stage. You just run and jump, but no, you get snagged by this mushroom, and you have to spin dash away from it. And there's so the depth of mechanics in it for a, a 2D Sonic has not been topped, even by Sonic Mania. Like they yeah. threw a lot of shit in Sonic Mania, but it was mostly just like the are some wacky levels we designed. It was more like the level design than like the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And and I also so I put it in here because. Um... One, yeah, it's a it's a big style two D platformer um, with multiple levels of of engagement. You can play it for the speed, you can play it for the exploration, get supersonic. You yeah. know, you can just play it as like a casual run through. Um, and it's also important because it's also an uh, important part of gaming history, um, I, which is kind of what my list came to. It wasn't necessarily that, but it has a lot of that wrapped up in it. Uh, the important important that we put both Mario and Sonic in here. Because that is the distillation of the uh, the video of video game politics in a nutshell was the <laughs> Genesis Nintendo rivalry, and that was probably when it was that I was feel the, it the one best. true console war. Yeah, like, and now it's like it's it's console guerrilla wars. It's console police actions and for- it's just slap fights. <laughs> yeah, now like it's not like if you thought like Xbox 360 PS3 was a console war. You're not old enough to remember Genesis versus Super Nintendo. Like that that was a war. Sega Genesis Super Nintendo. That's a Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Genesis. Um yeah, that that's like the one true console war. Next up, I'm sure this is gonna be on all of our lists. I don't particularly care for this game, but you can't not put it on here for the just cultural phenomenon and enduring appeal it's had. Minecraft Okay, I was going to have it. I actually yep. didn't. I actually cut it. But good on you. It is um, important. I probably, I probably should have cut something else, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it in my heart. It's the ultimate sandbox game. Um, I don't like it because it's just kind of aimless, and my creativity isn't harnessed in the way that uh, Minecraft promotes. So I just kind of get bored with it because there's little in the way of objective so you're just kind of going around and, and crafting things. But some people, that's awesome. And, like, a lot of the shit you can do with redstone in that game, very, very impressive. You can basically, sure. like, apply your whole knowledge of circuit design <laughs> to random shit <laughs> in Minecraft. Yeah, and I, I don't know where, where it, like, it shifted over or at one point it shifted into, like, becoming so mainstream that, like, it's as big as it is now and... It, it's so weird. I, I think um, part of the help that it had was um, uh, PewDiePie. Like him or hate him, he's got a big following, and he got he got Minecraft on the radar of a lot of people who may not even have like given it a second so, thought. And I think part of the reason why is that he brought an element to the game, and I think a lot of other 
streamers and YouTubers bring to that game where they narrate it and they put a story to it, to whatever they're doing, to make it entertaining. Because that, that game doesn't necessarily have that rich of a story. I know it has an end game or whatever, and it has a goal that you get to. Well, it does now. Originally, it, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, it, originally, it did not, but now it has you know an end game and it has like a a, a quest. It just the person. It, it doesn't oh, like directly. Tell yeah, you I think it. the person most directly responsible for the success of Minecraft, and I hope like Notch cut him a check, is C Nanners, because when that game was still an alpha, which is when I bought it. I bought it when I was in alpha and I, I probably can redeem it at some point, but I have I've long since forgotten the, the like login information I would need for it. <laughs> but when that game was in alpha, C uh, Nanners made videos on it that made it look like a really awesome and fun time. And the, it blew up in popularity after he started making his videos and it wasn't, didn't reach the heights. Maybe PewDiePie like pushed it to newer heights but a lot yeah, of the player like base, a, a lot of that original dip. player base was brought in by CNanners, who was a very popular YouTuber at the time, mostly for doing Call of Duty commentaries, which was like the the golden goose of YouTube at that time. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to play some other games now. And one of them was Minecraft. And he's like, I love this game. I like building these things. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that looks so fun. It's like it's like if Legos was a video Basically. game. Well, I mean... The Lego oh, video games. The Lego video games. You don't really build things in those games. But it's like yeah. building Legos. If like building Legos and like getting a box of Legos and dumping it out on your floor. Yeah. And you all all well knowing that you have to put them back into the yeah. bin. And I love Lego. <laughs> no. I love playing with Legos. I have many good times thinking back to my my dad's apartment after my parents got split and going in the little corner of the room behind the recliner where I had my little Lego board. And just building. I like to build planes. That was the thing I built a lot in. Uh, yeah, me in too. Lego. I like to build like biplanes and shit. Not like with a kit or anything. Just out of, like regular brick and like right. coolie yeah. spacecraft sort of things. And you know that that sort of imagination capturing thing. I prefer like with a physical media. Um, but this provided a digital hey, outlet. There are for things people. you can do with the virtual. You can't go inside your Lego set. You can't live in your Lego set. Yeah, as much as you may want to. Sure, yeah. Um, you can't, and that's an advantage that Minecraft had. And, well, uh, it's it's fun to play with friends. That's the thing. Like, you have to, I feel, for me at least, you have to have a group of people to, like, you know, build, like, yes. a community. Like, not, like, a community in the sense of a more nebulous idea, but, like, actual build, like, a town in the game and have a community with mm-hmm. even a, yeah. a, a sort of economy. Because people like different things. Some people like fishing. Some people really like the mining aspect of it. Um, you know, and it's it's a fun. Like I for yeah, a while, my my best times playing with Minecraft is for a while, like in twenty, like I was in college, and like my friends Nick Taylor and I would play the PS3 version of Minecraft all the time together, and that was like the best time I ever had playing the game. Uh, it was the only time I didn't get bored after like twenty minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like huge cultural phenomenon games, 10 years old at this point, And it's like really not much past its peak in terms of popularity. Like it still pulls in huge. No, we watch it. We see it on Twitch when we were like, where's everyone? Oh, Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft is, is still like in the top yeah. five every day on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that yeah. says a lot about it. 
Uh, my last entry on this list is going to be slightly controversial just because of how new they are. And it's like, it's more of like a genre than any one specific game because I love two of these games to death. So I kind of like put them both in the same line just to give them a shout out because I couldn't really pick. And they're both very recent. So people might be like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? But like roguelites in general have become very big. And my two favorite roguelites are Hades and Slay the Spire. And I think Makes everyone sense. should try roguelite, a roguelite. It could be Enter the Gungeon. It could be Death Road to Canada. Whatever roguelite appeals to you most, I would highly recommend Hades or Slay the Spire because I find those to be the most fun. Hades, if you're more into an action RPG sort of thing, Slay the Spire, if you're more into deck building. Um that gameplay loop man it's so (coughs) great because it's perfect for adults i think one of the reasons i love roguelite so much is because as an adult where i have less time to play video games than i did as a kid or when i was in college or whatever um the idea of a game where the main gameplay loop can be completed in like an hour ish at Mm -hmm. most an hour or two but have enough but be structured in a way where there's replayability where you can play it ad nauseum really appeals to me because I like I like exploring depth of mechanics a lot in games but with a lot of them like you don't get to like with an RPG you don't get to the point where you can really like lock in your build or try something funky until you're like 10 hours into the game and sometimes you just don't have that kind of time but with a roguelite I can sit down for an hour. I could I can take my switch into the bathroom with me and like do a slay the spire run while I'm shitting and <laughs> and then I go wash up and make dinner. <laughs> there it is. It, it, it's 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 slay the, the spire while you lay a spire. Yeah, it's the perfect <laughs> genre for adults and I think everyone should find the one roguelite that they love and 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 play that. For, for as long as they want uh, and like I said it doesn't have to be one of these these are my two favorites but really just the genre of roguelite in general is is something that you have to mm-hmm. have to try in my opinion so that's my list cool um, I will go next because I think my list has been truncated by your entries that's a good thing so yeah. I'll, I'll cover the stuff that you have not covered um, I have about six entries here which I think you you all might agree with. So again, my my kind of criteria was really like I I went deep in like if you're on your deathbed and you like you have a week, he's like I want to relate to the kids. I want to know what video games are. I've never played a video game before, and I want to be a video gamer by the time I leave this planet. Okay, I got a list for you. <laughs> okay. uh, to to recap the games we have covered that we've overlapped are Pokemon, Sonic Three and Knuckles. Mario and Kotor. So my first one to add on to this, um, this is not only a game I believe I firmly believe that you should play before you die. I firmly believe that everyone on the planet should play Tetris. Every living person How should did play I miss Tetris. Tetris. Fuck. <laughs> I thought about Tetris. I thought about that. Didn't as like even cross my game. mind. Yeah. I love Tetris. I play so much Tetris. Yeah. Right. I was thinking. I was thinking something maybe like old school, like Pac Man. No, something Tetris like that. is. Yeah. I have heard. I agree. Yeah. I have heard it been reviewed as, and I agree with this assessment as a perfect game. Tetris is truly yeah. a game without flaw. 
Um, it is the it is the era before and it really encompasses the era before character gaming, which is what a lot of gaming is now. But there is kind of a time before we settle on video game mascots as a, even a thing. Um, and this is that. And it's also just anyone like literally when you think of like that was the whole reason for the Game Boy was so that you could play Tetris while you were pooping. Yeah, well, you're a Japanese businessman on a train. You can play Tetris. <laughs> right. Um, so it was the killer app for the Game Boy. Yep. I'm and in this, I am including people who have never touched a computer before, or seen a television, or firmly believe the electronics are the devil. I still <laughs> think they should play Tetris. Yeah. And then they really. then they they can say, Even okay, I don't like, really care. That wasn't for me. Throw it away. Whatever. Even if you're Amish and you have to like you have to simulate it by like somebody you Springer, a shape of like a block. Play some Tetris, man. Yes, play some like, Tetris and Rum Springer. Um, so yes, absolutely foundational game. Uh, next, so I also had a I had a first person shooter, um, but my kind of idea for what the what the purest form of that was, or at least the iconic version for me is Halo Combat Evolved. That was initially on the yeah. list, but I'm like, oh, Doom is more historically significant, and then I waffled back to 2016 doom but yes i did i did consider halo was like an Halo is knocking on the door it is the years 2000 to 2006 (laughs) condensed into however many megabytes of of data um it was a, a lot of people's it was for anyone who didn't play pc gaming it was where pc kind of dipped it put its little finger in in your drink you're like oh god it's pc gaming is this what yeah, is what I'm console. missing out on? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and to expand on that even more, the Halo trilogy was was really like oh sure, just a fantastic set of three. How games many? <laughs> where you just said every iteration was just even better and better, and it introduced <laughs> better stuff to be. Well, it enjoyable. also, and then forget it about had it. like its own draw do, too. In Jake, the lore. do you do you legitimately feel that Halo Three is better than Halo Two? Um. I, I'm not I trying to trap you. As, I'm just generally if you curious. Look at it. No, I think if you look at it from an entirety, yes. Okay. Um, it had better multiplayer. It had uh, better like extra things like forge mode, sure. um, which was just. It's I, Minecraft, I remember but dumping hours yeah. and hours. It's Minecraft and Halo. <laughs> yeah, it's it literally people making custom maps and then just spending hours on those. Um, I mean, whether or not you want to say like the gameplay, I think. I think the campaign was probably worse for Halo yeah. Three, just because there was there was some new changes to the guns, and then there was like there was a lot of like fluff. Yeah, weird kinda, story. You decisions. know what I mean? Like with the with the uh, with like all like the the bubble shield and the the, dis- the deployable shield. Like it brought like weird kind of new stuff to it, and then they're like everybody has a Tartarus hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Tartarus hammer. You get a Tartarus hammer. Um. Yeah, I think I don't think the campaign was all there solid, but there were some moments of the Halo Three campaign that were just like I will remember until oh, the sure. day that I die. Just the like scared fighting the desert, flying into the prophet ship, and then just you know, you know fighting the flood again and everything. Um, yeah, so there there are moments that are are really groundbreaking. I think, yeah. So as an entirety, mm-hmm. I think Halo Three was a better game okay. than Halo Two. Mm-hmm. Um. But I still think Halo Combat Evolved was like the one because I can oh, remember yeah, right. a lot of that whole if you story. You had to pick one, yeah. And mm-hmm. I I should pay mention to the the story and the lore that generated because how many kids 
in high school, did you know, who wouldn't pick up a fucking book were there reading those Halo so novels. So many. Yup. <laughs> me. <laughs> fucking me. I found a loophole. So a little side note. My uncle had a um my uncle had a book clubbing book club thing for like the kids. Like if you read a book, you get like um, like a, it's like, like the a, what was it like uh, a dollar book program yeah, like book it your personal yeah. pan pizza. And then he we you would write a book report and then he would pay you based on the book report and how many, how long the book was. It was like an incentive to get you to to read or whatever. Um and I read a Halo story and I had so much fun doing it. The first one, because I was like, this is just like playing the video game. <laughs> but with my mind. <laughs> in, but in my, my mind. <laughs> that I wrote the book report. <laughs> I once wrote a book report based solely on reading the first and last page and back cover of a book. And I got an A on it. <laughs> Which book was this? I don't what? even remember. It wasn't. Oh, because I want to dunk on all the literacy nerds. All those just... literate people. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, it wasn't like anything significant. It was just like a random book that I found like just sitting on like the free read shelf in like eighth grade and i was like okay this i have to do this book report like today this and i just quickly read the first page the last page and the back of the 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 book and i got an a on the book report got him <laughs> got him um well i guess that's it that's a good segue as any into uh, my next one so as you know visual novels are a genre um and there's a lot of crap in there so this one is less like it's an important part of gaming as a whole and more of if you play this game, if you play this visual novel game, you do not need to deal with uh, visual novels as a genre. You can put them all, you can throw them all else out. And and maybe if you really don't want to do adventure games, I guess you can throw them out, too, because this isn't this isn't just strictly a text box with art on it. You know, this isn't it's, just it's that not Zork or whatever. No, I was thinking like. Um, like Japanese visual novels where it's there's no gameplay. Oh, like it's Doki just Doki lit. Yeah, uh, this is not that. This is a little more. But um, so it has adventure games. I'm talking about uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Um, You've recommended this, this to me quite. A few I've times. said it before, I've and I'll yep, I'll say it again. Probably it one of one of the top stories I would say in video games, if not like the most tightly constructed story that i've uh that i've played in a video game plus it has the best dog in all of video games missiles a, okay. he's a real g um <laughs> so this is like if you can play this game and then you you have your your v card by which i mean visual novel card um and you have immunity from weebs talking to you about oh if you played like soccer no shut up i played ghost detective like this even cancels out phoenix right you can be like no i don't need to play phoenix right i played the better um uh whoever fucking made it i played the better capcom visual novel deal with it um so that's ghost trick we can we can play that and then then we have immunity from anyone ever asking us about that shit ever again sure we can do that on stream once if we can figure it out um uh as i blow on my mic here um i chose gunstar heroes because that is just that is the it's the gaming equivalent of nothing's on. Let's just play Gunstar Heroes again. It's comfort food, yeah. It absolutely is. Um, it has even has like roguelite elements. It's not a roguelite, but it has that very easy pickup. Just run the fuck through it, and and you're done. It has treasure is is a is a glorious company. Really good at at uh, putting shit on the screen and just having you go. That is your action. 
Um, <laughs> my only regret is that no one's ever ported Gunstar Heroes to 3D. Because if you put Gunstar Heroes with in like a Devil May Cry setting, I I think you could do a lot of good things with it. I think there's a way to adapt it. Yeah, I'd I'd say there's there's probably room for that. I when when you said port it over the 3D, I imagined like an arena shooter sort of thing. Oh, like, no. I don't know if I'd like that. No, I was I would think like an action, a 3D action or action platformer. Yeah, that I can see. Like if it's like one of those isometric, well not isometric, but like 2D gameplay with 3D sprites. That's kind of what I would want out of it. Maybe not okay. a fully 3D world. Like a two point five. Maybe that's just because I, I lack the vision to see what a 3D Gunstar mm-hmm. Heroes could be. But yeah, it was it was it was also indicative of thing a thing that Sega liked to do that I don't think a lot of other video games did at the time. Sonic did this, Shinobi did this, the entire Shinobi series, and Gunstar Hero did this, was which was the set piece. Before yes. video games where you had the same gameplay the whole way through with a different power up or a different type of level, but like in Gunstar Heroes, you had, oh, we're, we're in a spaceship now for this one level, and we're going to do one level of spaceship combat. Or we're going to do a dice, we're going to do a dice maze, a dice dungeon. Yeah. Dungeon which is, it, for better or worse, has become ingrained in, in a lot of video games now. Yeah. It's like um, um, with the QTE. Whatever you think about the QTE at the time, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, I will, then my next one here is, uh, because of the way this this type of game is, I can't. I have to keep it generic. I'm gonna say any good MMO, any MMO that's in its prime or in its heyday, right? That is a whole type of game which um, sucks people in. I would say I would say play play an MMO for a year. I said RuneScape because that's the that's a very nice stable one. You can get into, you can get out of. It gives you all yeah. the hits of it. A lot of video gaming, as we've kind of mentioned here, is creating a community and being in a video gaming community. And the easiest way to just dive into a pre-baked one of those where it's already all there for you and then you can really get the social aspect of gaming is to do an MMO. And then, yeah, like I said, get out after a year because when you get in... (laughs) It will destroy your life, yeah. Yeah. And and it really is a different feel because like... CUO for me. (laughs) Yep maple story yeah i think i think everybody has their yeah own, everyone has has their, has their well like. not everyone every gamer i think has had has dabbled in the dark art of the mmo uh whether it be mm-hmm. something like a runescape or a dc universe online or a wow obviously wow is probably the most popular mmo ever mm-hmm. yeah. um everyone's dabbled in the dark arts and uh has has either broken three and was like wow that was that was a a, a great time but like never again <laughs> or they're still in there <laughs> toiling away running their dailies <laughs> yep yeah so I, I think it's a it's a rite of passage almost for a, for an angsty gamer teenager go join your MMO um, now you'll notice so I'm at again I'm at the end of my list here you may have noticed that I didn't put any 3D platformers on here um, but there is one this is the one um, and it's also, I, I put this in here because it's because of the setting and because of the aesthetics of games, because a lot of what we've been talking about is game for gameplay's sake, but this one, um, the gameplay is good. The gameplay is unique, but a lot of the other things about it are why I love it so much. And I, of course, I'm talking about Jet Set Radio Future. Mm, 
Yes. Because it is a 3D platformer. It is a different setting from a lot of these games that we've talked about, where it's fantasy world, sci-fi world, um, the shooty war world. This is just the urban setting, which is, I think, is 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 a setting that is mined sporadically, but is always very fresh and and in energi- energized. Especially the way they did it, where it's like a hyper stylized, sort of like surrealist urban setting. Mm-hmm. Like the no city looks like Dogenzaka. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's still unmistakably an urban setting. Mm-hmm. And it really is a video game that I feel the most has leaked into my life from the video gaming sphere. Um there's you know, there's video games that are like video game, then I put it down and I go away. And Jet Set Radio Future is not one of those games. Yeah, I, I, it's it's know. a it's a good it's a great game. I don't, I obviously I didn't put it on my list because I'm not sure. Like I don't think it connect quite for everyone, but yeah, I obviously it 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 deserves more recognition than it has for sure. It's kind of one of those really hidden gems out there in the world, mm-hmm. the ethos. All right, Jake, how much of your list do you have left? All right. I I think uh I think we've basically chipped away at almost nice. half I think uh so some of the ones that were mentioned before I had Super Mario basically just as know, a general yeah. like a, <laughs> all of them yeah uh the Halo trilogy uh Minecraft uh and Pokemon okay so yeah, four four more so I have six more um yeah so uh in no particular order um I had one of the ones that that really top my list as uh gta grand theft auto um and whether or not this is uh you know some of the oldies like vice city which uh, really resonated with me when you know when i was younger i i i love that game that was fantastic so much stuff to the do. Best one. um or the the new one uh the, the latest one i guess <laughs> i'm not new gta 5 which they're still finding more and more stuff they're to still do with content, uh, especially the most online. recent stuff is the yeah the the role playing server that there that there's out and uh, I know a, a, several streamers are doing that and there's a ton of stuff to do on that server um, it's it's all crazy stuff that you can do so I think there's some really neat stuff with that uh, and GTA has definitely stood the it's test also of time. Um, emblematic um, of the video game panic the they're yeah. fucking ruining our kids <laughs> which was a, which is another core yeah, aspect yeah, of video yeah, games it, is they will ruin the, the kids. But that's the same yeah, with any, Was it anything. San Andreas? Well, yeah, San Andreas had the hot coffee mod where mm. you could through a very specific... Well, it actually was only ex- executable with a cheat device. But you could do a weird like sex scene where uh, the girl invites you up for some coffee and they have sex fully clothed in this weird like not finished thing. But because it existed in the game and was accessible, there was a time where San Andreas was changed to an AO rating, and Gearbox or not Gearbox, um, Rockstar had to scramble to like remove it entirely from the game so they could get the REM rating back and sell it in stores. Dang hackers, <laughs> cheaters. Um. Uh. So next on my list, uh, 007 Goldeneye. Um. I think this is. Oh, uh, we never talked a special about the, place. the 360 remake that leaked online. Now, that was canceled. You can play the 360 remake of Goldeneye 
on your computer oh. now. They, they've leaked it. That's dope. Might have to, might have to go get that then, because uh, revisit some of those old good. levels. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't. I mean, you looking back on it now, it's definitely not oh, the yeah. most like it's, pretty looking game. It's rough around the edges uh, it's for sure. Very janky. <laughs> Um, but I think uh, back in the day when we all booted up on our N64 and and played it and, and finally got the golden gun, you know, and, and played multiplayer with no odd job people. Uh, it was yeah, no odd job. Nobody can pick odd job. I think I think it was just a solid game and it was just fun. Um, yeah, a lot of I those mean, it, it James was, Bond games actually like really underrated fun games like all oh, like agent under fire and from russia with love were also really solid for like licensed tie-in games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i wanted now a lot of these have been like an amalgamation of like a bunch of their you know older games and newer games as well but i want to make the opposite with this one call of duty and i mean simply just a couple games that could be modern warfare 2 or the world at war with nazi zombies it in is particular. the big mac of i view this list as like what molded me as right, a kid sure. and i spent a ton of hours in the multiplayer for modern warfare 2 uh just hanging with some friends and it, it really brought that team element and that the 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 frustration element, and then also just spending countless hours playing Nazi zombies. There was a time in my life when I was one of levels. the most notable Nazi zombie content creators on YouTube, and uh, yeah, it, it definitely sucked in a lot of my life. Yeah, and uh, I I loved a lot of those old things. Now it's definitely changed over the years, and I don't agree with a lot of the changes. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. I don't think it stands nearly as tall as it did in the past. Um, so that's why I'm making the distinction of those older games rather yeah. than like the newer ones. Uh, we talked about Minecraft, Pokemon. Um, now I'm gonna be up to my old antics yeah, again. Yeah, never played. <laughs> A game that I've never played before is going to be on sure, my list. As long as you play it before you die. But yeah, you got time. Yeah, I'm going to play it before I die. It's, it's it definitely will live up. Uh, Portal Two. I think Portal, Portal Two is, was the one that ever a lot of people See. talk about more in particularly. Um, I don't. I have seen more gameplay of Portal Two than well, I Portal think Portal One was one. like only two. But hours I think they're both. Something. It was like a short. Yeah, I think they're both the same premise. You shoot a portal, you go through a thing, you solve a puzzle. It's that simple, boys it's not and girls. Hard. You, just, you just get through the level, and again, this is another one that's been plagued by speedrunners and people who try to try to cheat the system. So I think a lot of the popularity is trying to get those world records and friggin' clip through the level and and, <laughs> and do some janky stuff with the uh, with the uh, elevator. I know that was one of the things, but um, I think it's one of those just. Uh, neat games that had uh, a main the main focus was a puzzle solving element and uh, it, it attracted a lot of attention um, from all different yeah people. it's it's a lot of people consider uh, it to be the best game valve has ever made which yeah considering and I could see that the rather impressive catalog of titles that they've churned out uh, is quite the statement yeah and in in like in just a a simple puzzle like and like very basic concept that portal is 
and they were able to just throw in these these characters that are entertaining and fun to listen to. Gladys, um, I, I don't know the names of the, the two main characters that you play yeah, as. I, the, the, the Peabody, Peabody, and, Peabody and, and, and uh, geez, I can't remember the other one. Oh, it, it's not important. Yeah, and yeah, you get you get all those all those different things, and there's there's a story. Yeah, Portal it, so Two had more of that the story. I think, I think that's some... part of the appeal. It was it, like Portal was was something they threw into. They made a bundle of Valve games called the Orange Box, which had yeah. uh, Half Life Two, Team Fortress and Two, and fucking Portal. Was a meme Factory Two. Portal was the new, the newfangled game there, and it was like a three-hour. You could beat it in three hours, pretty easily. Puzzle game, and it, it it set the stage for like the mechanics, and the the cake is a lie. Obviously, everyone still knows, alive as like that as one a song on everyone's lips on everyone's mm-hmm. CD players, and that all that all Genesis from the original Portal, but then Portal Two came along, and it was Portal, but with a with a broader story and more more shit in it yeah and everyone's like oh my god so great yeah and yeah it's it's um certainly serving of being on the list and i definitely so this next one i would definitely go back and like to play some of the older games um but it was breath of the wild that really um drove home the fact that zelda is a very special i was hoping we could get uh, through everyone's list without a zelda that's why I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get, I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to turn my list into the Nintendo package. Yeah, the Nintendo. Because right. I mean, although that is important, that Nintendo, uh, their strategy for game making is their flagships are all like very found, kind of foundational feeling titles that they all try to be their own uh, style mm-hmm. of game. They're like, well, if this one's gonna be like Metroid, let's just make it a Metroid game. Yeah. That's kind of what. Yeah. That's kind of how Kirby happened. There's like they just kind of rolled a bunch of games that were kind of Kirby-ish. And they're just like, eh, it's Kirby. Fuck it. <laughs> it's not make its own game. Yeah. So I think I think the 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 influence that the first game had on and how how people have held it in such high regard, and then the subsequent N sixty four games, how how well, well done at least they mentioned were. Mentioned the best one um, to the past. <laughs> yeah, like the past. I mean, I. A lot people love a lot of them. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. So I would like to go through and, and play a lot all the uh, all the older ones. Um, now that I've, you know, had the had the the creme de la creme that is Breath of the Wild and and played through that one and and how people are still playing it today and and understanding how how good it is and I know Kurt, you're not one of them. You have the the. It just doesn't. I don't know. I've, I've played better games that are, are similar in premise. I could. I didn't grow up. I was a. I was a Sega kid. Didn't grow up with it. Uh, yeah. Didn't. Didn't play it till later in life. And I was like, yeah, not for me. And that's. And that's the thing is, I never grew up with Zelda. I. I never grew. I was more Mario and and whatever. But I never. And then I you know, quickly switched over to Xbox. So I, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, Zelda material, and I didn't have like any stake in the game. So I bought it just because it looked like it was going to be a good, relaxing. Right. RPG, and I thought it was pretty good. I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So, but for that, I, I think I deserve to at least mention Breath of the Wild, and also well, the, obviously the a lot of people before. would agree with now, you with that. I'm just like the lone <laughs> person in the world who doesn't care for Zelda. <laughs> now, what is going to be even more controversial is my my topic. Is it Undertale. I think I, I oh, it's Skyrim. 
<laughs> I didn't pick I didn't pick the, this one as number one. I did list them from ten to one. And this was my number one, and I actually forgot to add it. Um, so I bumped off Skyrim. Oh. So honorary mention of Skyrim that almost okay. made my list. I I, I I knew I, that I figured, as soon you as you what? we said that earlier when we were talking about Skyrim, you're like, ah, that's gonna be interesting later. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Because I wasn't to say Skyrim, and I'm like, maybe I'm giving them an honorable mention now. I just feel um, like... Just for the fact that they've well, that you've implemented said it's not some Skyrim, of the games. I'm a little concerned that well. it might be Undertale. <laughs> okay. I, it's I not guess, Undertale. Yeah, my only comment if it was Skyrim was like, if it's going to be Skyrim, just say Morrowind. Or Elder Scrolls yeah. in general. Like, yeah. The thing yeah, with Skyrim, Scrolls, yeah, the reason easy. I dislike Skyrim so much is that it's it's just a super streamlined Elder Scrolls game with a very weak central narrative which happens a lot with elder yeah. scrolls games but skyrim was particularly egregious and the state it was released in bet awful <laughs> very bit yeah. all right jake give it to us um so my number one pick uh and I guess in the time of COVID, it can technically be played on tabletop oh, simulator say, or Pokemon Go, Discord, or something else. No, 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 no. Um, I picked D and D as mine. Yeah. And I guess if you want to compare it to any sort of video game, it'd be at least Never comparable to Baldur's Gate Three. That's gonna be coming out. And there, there's uh, a lot of the other ones that are you know sewer. It's uh, what's the water deep one? The one where you're walking around the sewers, fuck. That's uh, is that just Eye of the Beholder? Oh. I don't know. Uh, Neverwinter Nights and Neverwinter Nights Two are basically computerized D and D, like more so than any other yeah. game. Uh, that's what people point to. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of like Baldur Baldur's Gate. I know is a lot like gonna be when that comes out fully, and I know people have played like the first chapter or whatever, um, and I've seen a little bit of it. It's got a lot of the RNG yeah, elements to it. Like it does a lot of stuff in the background that normally you would be as a, as a DM, you'd be like, "Hey, roll for sneak." Like it does that automatically, and you'll see like little things pop up, like, uh, "Oh, you passed the sneak check," so yeah, you don't like alert people. That's a people. staple of so there's a lot of things in the background. Like going back even a little bit, like uh, even we talked about Kotor. Kotor does dice rolls, like all the mm -hmm. attacks and damage and shit that's determined by dice rolls. You can look at. If you ever looked at like a skill breakdown, it's like one d8 of of damage. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, that's yep, what that's, that was. Okay. That's uh, that, that's huh. it's pretty common, and there are a lot of adaptations to. Uh, I guess that makes a lot to of the D and D formula. So, because I I totally forgot that's how they how they like listed some of the damage. Well, I just put Kotor instead. Oh God. Okay. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I never I never realized that. I never. I just went for the higher. When I played it, I was younger, and I was just like, "I right, fucking bigger numbers." You know what this means, though, Jake. Do it that way. Yeah. Now that you know this, yeah, you can back. You can fucking reverse engineer. You can make the tabletop Kotor. <laughs> make the old Republic yes, tabletop exactly. game. I am. I I guarantee a hundred percent there are Kotor D and D campaigns. Oh sure, sure. Alignments yeah. already baked yeah, in. Classes are already baked in. I have been more certain a few things in life than the fact that there are Kotor D&D. Let's, let's go look I'm it up. Now that thinking about it, while Jake talks, Kotor is basically just D&D. &D. But yeah, so I I wanted to pick D&D because um I I've recently played I'm recently in the past you know two years um picked it up and listened to a lot of stuff and and listened to a lot of people play D&D &D. and 
the, that role playing, especially in person, if you ever get a chance, I think is is really really cool. Um, uh, at least do it before you die. Of, you know, uh, Elder Scrolls games, the earlier Elder Scrolls, I think up to Morrowind, had like dice rolls to determine like whether or not your attack hit. So you could be like mm. Morrowind. People, a lot of people complained about where you would just be like swinging your sword and it would like not hit because the dice will didn't come up in your favor. Like the animation yeah. would show it hitting, but it wouldn't do any damage because you but didn't it wouldn't roll do any damage. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like, it's always like, uh, you know, in, in KOTOR, you would always like swing like a sword and hit somebody and then miss. Yeah. And then it would it <laughs> clearly hit them. And then it would just show up as yeah. miss. <laughs> it's like, all right, well it bounced off their shield and that's basically armor class and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of elements to it that I, I really like and and bring that role playing game. I think the one thing that like actual natural D and D in its native element um, brings to the table is the fact that you can do almost anything. Uh, you know, a lot of it's to the DM's discretion whether or not he lets you get away with it, but you can at least try. Um, whereas like video games, they have to be pre-programmed in there and not everything is always going to be pre-programmed into a game. You know, if you wanted to try to move a certain rock to look under it just for shits and giggles, that may not be a movable element in a game, but in D and D you can be like, yeah, I'm going to move over all these logs and see if I can find a, a worm. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's D and D. You create the world. You live in it. You, I hope this price is a joke make it your own. <laughs> on this book you set here. And it's the great five hundred and fifty dollars oh. oh geez i did not look at the price yo it's hardcover and then the the newer it, uh, new version the from 8.99 from another seller like this has got to be like something that like one person made i'm sure there's like a digital version out there you yeah probably it. um but yeah that's that's jake's list and uh that's that's episode 250 i think this is our longest episode ever so this is going to be fun to try to get this into the size requirements so we can upload it um we can break it down into just the list and the stuff maybe i don't know it's a it's a big milestone 250 episodes that's huge not a lot try to shave off like three minutes off of it to get it down to two hours and 50 minutes for a 250 episode <laughs> we gotta do plugs <laughs> speed up some of the part <laughs> um so yeah that thank you everyone who's ever listened to this show uh we wouldn't have made it to 250 if if not for the support of of everyone out there um we're not stopping anytime soon we're gonna make it to a thousand that's the goal <laughs> oh my god until unless like Saturn somewhere... studs thousand episodes SaturnStuds.com <laughs> thousand years SaturnStuds.com forever <laughs> time and a half hundred hundred years of Saturn studs um but yeah I, uh, sincerely um thank you to everyone who's who's stuck with us especially if you're an OG if there's any of you OGs out there who have, who have listened from episode one to now like wow thank you <laughs> so much um but yeah so you like, are the show inform us of yourself yes reveal yourselves to the jedi <laughs> have your revenge um been a wild wacky ride and and it's gonna keep getting wilder and wilder so i hope y'all will stick around for the next 250 episodes but until then be well stay safe probably like it's 1995 we'll do maybe do something on twitch it's it's pre-valentine's day stuff so uh obligations with ladies might prevent oh, yeah that is tomorrow i'm single 
prevent that. <laughs> yeah. So, Peter, yeah, we, we gotta, gotta get, get you. you. Gotta get you cuffed. We gotta get you one. Um. So, now now's the time. It's desperation day. Go out, go out there and, and find one. <laughs> Anybody, <laughs> you? What's behind that mask? Oh, you're oh. a guy. Okay. Well, that. that mm. The long hair was gonna be there. Oh, watch. Any port in the days. <laughs> but yeah, be well, stay safe. Party like it's 1995, everyone. And thank you so much for 250. Happy 10x silver jubilee. Peace. Bye-bye.